Yo, yo, yo. Just chats. Back at it again uh, with another episode. Wow, when did I first meet you? Well, I knew you were a bit of a BMX bandit um, back in the day. Um, and then there was just the bands, I guess. But um, all right, interviewee, who are you? Uh, Brett Kennedy. Brett Kennedy. All right, Brett Kennedy. Um, do you want to just go go straight, dive straight into it? Yeah, why not? All right, man. Um, tell us about your childhood, um, what life was like growing up uh, as Brett Kennedy. Um, well, first, thanks for, for having me, Mo. No, no worries. Long, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> um, yeah, no, always always lived in the this region. Um, I think I lived in Glencoe, to be honest, for the first couple of years, oh, yeah. but don't have much recollection of that. Um, and then moved into town when I was about two or three. Mum and Dad building a house on a block and um, have lived here since. Um, I guess go through the resume. Uh, went went to Ready Park Primary and then on to Mount High. Um, just been involved in a few things here and there sport-wise. But, yeah, I suppose I think, yeah, when I think back to one, you of, of you... I'm probably thinking back to MySpace days and a bit of uh, a bit of photography. Mopography. Yeah, yeah mopography, that was it. Jesus. Um, just some, a uh, bit of gore. Yep, definitely. A bit of blood on the sheets and the clothesline yeah. spec <laughs> stuff. <so>. Yeah. <laughs> Ollie Sykes, Suicide Season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So- I dyed sausages. Like, I put sausages in the fridge, yeah. and that's how I got my, my coloured guts. So that's, yeah, and Jesus. that was the... The gateway to Oof, wasn't it? That was your first oh, foray in the kitchen. Yeah, so. that's it. That was my first. Um, what is it? I don't even know what the food industry's called. That was What's your light bulb moment. Yeah, hospitality. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Um, okay. So, yeah, growing up in Brett Kennedy household, what was it like? Was you know, do you remember? Was there anything that you really stands out? Or was it just like a normal family sort of thing? Yeah, pretty lucky. Just yeah, you kind of stand up, bringing I guess um, stable, stable environment. Have older sister Alicia, younger sister Caitlin. Um, I'm definitely the favourite child in the house because mm-hmm. um, I just used to kind of uh, throw grenades and then just leave the area. Nice. And just let let the whole family sort the rest of it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so no, pretty fortunate in the way I was brought up and um, I guess I've got to thank mum and dad for that, don't I? You do. They weren't too bad, it sounds like. Was there any um, real, like, like cause there's always just one, like, argument or, or tiff that happened in the house what do you remember what yours was the whether it between sibling or between parents they'd just be like you know that real you don't get me man yeah i remember yeah i i can't remember what it was about but i remember dad was going to america like he was about to walk out the door to go to america for a work trip yep and yeah it was like slam door barricade door because i'm i'm hiding like yep. it's coming yeah and on barricade door, mum's, it was, I think it was between myself and my mum. But, you know, like, and it's like, dad's going, like, do you want to say goodbye? And it was just like, no, I'm trying to save myself here. So <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you what it was about, but we didn't have too many, I think. And that's where the ones we do have, I think, stand out because they were kind of few and far between. Yep, yep. Most times if, if, um, if there was a, a disagreement, yeah, it was usually kind of, um, I guess out of character, or it was over something, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, something that was obviously important at that time. So yeah, all right. So tell us about Reedy Park Primary School. How was how was your primary schooling experience? Uh, yeah, Reedy Park. That's gone back. I think. Um, I guess when I look back, there's still there's still a few people like you. In, growing up in a town like this, you tend to just you know you, you follow people through life, and I, I guess that's the kind of experience I had there in terms of. 
a lot of the people that I was friends with there or um, like close friends, mm. you know, still um, still in my life or when you do see them, it's, you know, as if you had just, just seen them yesterday. So, yeah. um, but to me it was pretty, yeah, like it was a, a pretty good school. Like um, <laughs> it's just funny when you look back and you think like there was these like rivalries, like there was Mulga Street and yep. like you hear about like the cool kids of Mulga Street yeah. and like, <laughs> you know, and um, and the cool kids at McDonald Park and you yeah. did like, and I think it, even back then, you know, the the um, the colleges weren't as prevalent. So yeah, it was definitely like, you hear about these kids from these other schools, mm. like, who are they? Like, mm. it's, it's, these enigmas. Yeah. And then we'd be like, you'd have a sporting event, you'd be like scoping out, oh, there's bloody, what's his name? And like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. It's pretty <laughs> funny. Yeah. Um, all right, so like primary school experience, you were under the radar, you were, did you work out? How, how were you as a student? Uh, I think I was, uh, went all right um, in primary school, like just kind of, um, yeah, like wasn't too bad. I, and I enjoy. I didn't, like I enjoyed Enjoyed it, I guess. Um, that kind of changed in high school, but I think that just came with changing priorities and distractions outside of school. Yep, yep. All right, so out of ten, ready? Or oh, you don't really, not really phased? Uh, well, that's where I'll probably, that's where I'll send my kids if we can get them in there. Yep. Um, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought, yeah, I'll give it, give it an eight out of ten. Nice. Got, got a few suspensions once for accidentally you know i've gone to kick a bit of a torp too close to one of the school roofs and it's gone gone a bit uh 90 degrees on me and on the on the roof and next minute i'm in the principal's office oh that's not fair i'm just like you know everyone has a bit of a miss kick now and then so that's that's garbage i would who do you remember who sent you to the was it it was uh, hard now I feel like I'll be really stitching them up. <laughs> it was actually, well, it was the deputy principal. Um, it was when, I reckon it would have been like year one, year two. Like oh. you've got, yeah, you, you know, young kid, I, I was distraught. I was like, mum and dad are not going to be happy about this. Like I thought I'd done the worst thing ever. Um, it was back to when they had um, intercoms in the classrooms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was like, Brett Kennedy, come to the deputy principal. Oh. And I was like, what the hell? So, For real? Yeah. Looking, okay, that's super interesting because I see now, as a teacher, as you know, kids are not fearful of that authority. Were you, like, shitting yourself? Yeah, yeah. The guy, like, the guy who it was kind of reminds me a bit of Lurch. Oh, yeah. Him, so I'm just like, yeah, like, I didn't know what I, yeah, I didn't know what was going on, but I was just like, what have I done? Like, <sighs> And how did your parents, were they fussed? Uh, I... I can't remember. I don't think they were like... I guess they probably... They weren't happy. But I don't know. I don't know whether I was just so like emotionally heightened with the whole experience mm. that I was probably just like... Everything they said, I was like... Oh, oh, like just... You know, yeah. Yeah. Like freaking out. Um, you know, obviously now I talk to them, they'd be like... It's just a laugh because it's like... I kicked a ball on a roof. Yeah. Like the groundskeeper had to pull out a ladder. Like that's... Yeah, that's, man. That's, 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 that's suspendable, man. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the extent. But, you know, to me, like, to me it was... As a kid, I guess it was like, oh, and first world problem, but like pretty traumatizing on the day. Oh, 100%. Like as a six or seven year old thinking, you know, you're just kind of fresh in school when you're like, I have committed committed a sin here. <laughs> Isn't that crazy though? Like, so how long ago, so you're saying year one, so that would have been like 25, six years ago? Yeah. Like, there are that many balls kicked on the roof at school now. Yeah. Like, it's nothing. Like, we get windows smashed, and it's like, not that it's an intent, like, they go and smash the window, but we'll get balls, like, kicked through the windows and stuff like that. It's just like, you know, that's yep. an accident. Yep. 
Shit, that's actually crazy. All right, so ready wasn't too bad. Um, high school, how was your high school experience? Where did you go? So Mount High, um, it seemed like uh, a decent chunk of people from Ready Park, that's where they went. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you obviously start to meet just people from, you know, you meet people from all these other schools, come together, you've got your home group. and um, High school was all right. Uh, I kind of, I think... Looking back, um, like year eight to ten, I kind of just got by uh, doing things like procrastinating on like assignments and doing them real last minute, and yep. like just and in some cases making the grade, in other cases doing quite well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously when it comes to year eleven or twelve, that does not cut it. No. So um, and you know what I think, especially around year ten, just kind of lost. Oh, not not lost. I just. Um, yeah, just wasn't, uh, I didn't know what I want to do. Yeah. I reckon if I could look back and, yeah, when I reflect, the, I guess the, the cause of my lack of motivation is probably that I just didn't have a clear direction. Were there subjects that you enjoyed doing? Yeah, I enjoyed, um, I always did English, which I didn't mind. Yep. Um, I didn't, and I did business studies once, I think that was like a year 10 subject. Yep. I, I did enjoy that. I, I don't know what it was about that, um. I think maybe there was even just some people in the, like, some of my mates in the class, mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, don't mind all the fitness and leisure, PE. Yep. That was good. But I didn't really consider myself um, a sports person, so I didn't really participate in too much school sport. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, what, what, so obviously, you, you know, your interest in school was, like, diminishing. What, what was your interest starting to go into? It was just like BMX, like hanging out, yep. yeah, like just hanging out with mates and um, we'd just, yeah, ride kids' bikes at the skate park. Well, I was, kids, I was a kid then, so yep. it, was, it was still acceptable. Um, but just, I guess, like, um, you know, they, they just had had um, mates with Ben McPherson, Carl Leggett, oh, yeah. people like that. And like, so Ben's very, um, f- from that kind of age, was you know, really engaged in, like, the media aspect and design. Like, you could tell that was what he wanted to do, and that's what he is, and that's the path he's followed. Um, But I think, like, so there was, you know, it wasn't just about riding the bikes. There was this interest in, um, you know, us putting together videos, photography, Mm -hmm. um, like, really engaging with, like, the culture globally. Yep. Like, taking an interest in, you know, the top riders elsewhere and who's doing what. and, Mm -hmm. um, And I guess it was a time, too, of a lot of progression within that sport. So it was just, you know, it was so easy to get distracted by it because you're just thinking, like, it's just all these things are happening and you're learning also. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're, each day you're learning something different and um, getting to go on trips and all like, you know, someone else comes from another town to the skate park and it was like, bloody Santa at the yeah. <laughs> centro. Like. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, that's, okay, so year 10, did you, like, did you, okay, I'll guess the easiest question is, did you finish school? Yeah. Yep, so year 11, year 12 was just, like, not a brush it off, but you didn't really find it important, or how would you, how would you year, describe it? I think it? year 11, I did okay. Year 12, I just, did, like, bombed. Yep. Um, I did do a vet subject, I believe, in year 10, which uh, I think was a digital publishing um, course, which kind of gave me some extra sace. Um, but then... Year 12, there was a couple of subjects I, di- I didn't finish. And so, and I, I honestly don't even know, um, I don't know how it's worked out, but 
like I finished year 12, I got my say, uh, no, I got uh, ATAR, mm-hmm. but I didn't get my SAIS. Okay. I didn't have enough points to complete my SAIS. Yeah. So the next year, the I guess basically, you know, uh, uh, whenever that was, like November, December, you know, January, I was at TAFE doing a business course. Yep. And did that for, I only needed to do that for like three months to, um, to do enough, to earn enough points. To get your SAIS. To get my SAIS. Yep. Um, and that was through Tennyson. So I'm actually a Mount High graduate, I'm pretty sure, in 2007. And then I'm part of the class of like 2008 <laughs> at Tennyson. And I never went, I don't know anyone else. So I like, never went there. Um, but it's just because of, it was like a flexible learning type yep. setup. Yep. Um, wow. I've, that's, I've never heard of that, of getting through and school. I, yeah. And I don't know why, I don't know why the SAFE was important to me, but it was. And I remember the day I realized, like, I guess the day when it all came to a head and I was like, I have monumentally messed up here. Mm-hmm. Like, I have not, you know, it's the end of the, it's getting to the end of the year, assi- the biggest assignment to do. And what do I have to show for it? Um, and I remember that day and like, obviously I was quite upset with myself mm-hmm. and just like disappointed. Um, but, you know, I guess also that's kind of what, uh, from there it was like, right, well, you know, what can I do? Yeah. Like what, I don't know why SAFE was important. And like to this day, um, and I've, I've said it to people I've worked with, say, you know, worked, uh, had work experience kids come in, I've done, been lucky enough to do a couple of kind of careers expos and things like that. And, you know, my number one thing I say is, you know, just, just finish year 12. Yep. Um, that, uh, it's not for everyone, but like, it, it's probably the one regret I do have. And I don't think that it would have changed anything I've done since, but I just wish from a personal point of view that I'd achieve, like at least try to fill my potential at that time. Yeah. Do you and, think it's, oh, sorry, keep going. Yeah, I was going to say, I, like, there's no reason, like, I didn't want to go to uni. I knew that. That's, yep. you know, so, so I don't know why that was important to me and I don't know, but like to this day, I just, you know, if, if there was one thing I could go back in time, yeah, and redo, it would probably be year 12. I was going to say, because do you think you've been so invested for like, you know, things start to, I don't know, not get the ball rolling, but you start to see, holy shit, I've been doing this for, what, 12, 13 years of my life. Um, and in your case, it's like, why why would I give up at the end or why would I just fuck up the end? Like, do you reckon that was, like, a part of it or you're not sure why it was just... Yeah, I, I guess I don't, like, you know, there's nothing I can really um, point to that was the thing that unhinged everything yep. other than, like, my lack of um, application. Yep. Um, you know, I wasn't... Um, you know, there wasn't substances or anything like that. That was just, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't a burnout or anything, you know, anything yeah. like that. Yeah. I just honestly just wasn't putting my time into it. Um, I was still going to school. Like I wasn't, um, I was it wagging, like, you know, I was, I was still showing up for the most part. And, yeah. Um, I just think there was just, you know, I was just focused on other things and just kind of coasting a bit too much in, you know, cause you do, um, year 12, there is a lot more responsibility on the individual mm. to, um, you know, and I wasn't, I guess, um, I may not have shown, um, you know, the, uh, a la- uh, shown the interest that might encourage a teacher or, you know, some, a support staff to work with me. I was about to say, did the teachers, like, call you out on anything or it was not really? No, I think, um, I mean, I'd like to think I was kind of, like, you know, I, was, I kind of think I hit it. Probably yep. just in being like, I didn't create problems in other ways. Yep. So really it was just, um, you know, I would show these glimpses of I knew what I was doing mm-hmm. other times when it, I'm sure there was red flags. Yep. Um, but, you know, like, 
yeah, again, I'm just one one kid amongst a whole bunch of others, and, and, and I think like you know, I certainly take the responsibility that it was it was me that wasn't applying myself. So, all right, so. Do you find looking back now that you know school was important? Did it did it shape you into you know what you are now? Or you look, you look back and you know I think there are certain aspects of school that is important, but really the whole you just said you know you didn't go off to uni. Do you, you know how how would you rate school? Yeah, I think um, I think obviously uh, yeah literacy and numeracy is obviously need to develop those skills. Um, I think the structure is good. Like, you know, the structure of it is good because it helps get prepare you for the real world. Yep. Like, you have to show up. There's an, there's a uniform. Um, there's a hierarchy. Um, yeah. So I think there's like valuable lessons in that. I think you do get um, just through facilities, you get exposure to a whole range of um, different kind of skills and avenues. Um, but yeah, I think it is just. Uh, I think it is just at a difficult point. Like, yes, you have to go out into the real world at some point, but at what point, uh, you know, kids are making their choice at 15, 16. And um, for the most part, like, you know, most people seem to work it out. Um, like, or, you know, yeah. But for, for me, I, I think it's the life skills I learnt mm-hmm. as, a, as opposed to, like, the academics of it all. Yep. Um, I feel like, yeah, I learnt... A lot more there from just real life experience and just from um, from qualities at, like the people you surround yourself with and the qualities that are instilled in you mm-hmm. by people close in your life. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard that saying? You're the average of the five people that you hang around the most. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I fully agree there. So, what did you want to be when you were growing up then? Yeah, I honestly think I was just living day to day. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know whether I thought like I was just gonna, you know. Uh, I was kind of like interested in BMX. I was just going to ride around for a bit. I guess the one thing I look back, especially as I got to that 17, 18 years old, um, was I knew that I wanted to live here. Yep. Um, Like I just knew that I didn't want to move away. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew that I wanted a career, not not just a job. I wanted something that had a pathway, um, you know, to... Yeah, for for development and pathway, you know, in terms of, um, yeah, ranking up, I get you yeah, know, like just leveling up. Yeah, you can, leveling you can up. Make, make your way through it. Yeah, yeah something yeah. to aspire to. Um, because yeah. I, and I guess that's probably came from I, my first job was at Target, and I you know started on the checkouts and um, moved around to a couple of places. Like then I was working in the layby as a supervisor, and like it was a you know yeah it's uh, and then eventually on the floor, and it's all very. Um, yeah, like you look back and it's all, yeah, it is what it is. But, yep. but you know, I guess even even that there was, you know, there was aspiration mm. similar to the BMX. You know, that I was so you know, it's probably the one place I didn't have it was school. Yep. But you know, in BMX, I I don't know what I was aspiring with that, but I was aspiring to be better mm-hmm. and be more. And I think that was the same at work. I I, res- I just respected what work is mm-hmm. from a young age. Again, probably just from the. Um, from the values instilled in me. Yep, yep. Shit, all right. So, school's finished. What are you doing? Well, I had a gap year, yep. um, which is just not a gap year because I was not going to uni. So, but I just <laughs> called it my gap year. Yeah. Um, but at the end of my gap year, I applied and um, was employed at the Border Watch mm-hmm. um, as a cadet, which is basically an apprentice with a much better wage. Okay. Um, 
And I guess looking at that um, and looking at the subjects I did in year 12, like there was art and design and digital publishing, English, business studies, it was this mix of... Um, it was this mix of, well, English was something I just did the whole way through and enjoyed. Um, and then, the, like, creative subjects. And I never considered writing to be a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. And that combined, obviously, um, you know, um, a solid English base with the ability to be creative. Um, and plus the option to take photos and yep. things like that. And, and also, again, back to that career pathway. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. saw that as right, this is a respectable job. There's obviously, you know, ways you can go in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of started there. And for me, it was, you know, I remember thinking early days, like I worked it out that, you know, that f- I think the first three years of the cadetship, you might make, um, oh, I don't know how much it was in the end, like 80 or 90 or grand or something like that. Like it's, like I said, it's, it's a bit better than an apprentice wage, but it's still not top dollar. Um but when you look, when you break it down, and you go, that's what I'm getting paid, as opposed to like, and after three years, my qualification would be considered just as valid as a bachelor. Yeah. So I'm I'm getting paid like that eighty, ninety, hundred grand over three years. Yeah. As opposed to someone paying, I don't know, whatever it is, like yeah, yeah, yeah. thirty, forty, fifty grand, or like plus living expenses yeah. to go away and get to get a tertiary qualification mm. and. You could make the argument. You can make the argument both ways, but I can make the argument that after three years of experience, were actual real life experience yeah, in, that, on the job. Yeah, on the job experience that I would be a more valuable um, candidate. Hundred percent. Well, you've you know you've, you've you've proven yourself already before. Like, and that's the thing. Not to take it on me, but going into teaching, I remember doing my whole teaching stuff, and then like you go in the class, you're like, "What am I doing?" Like, mm. so you you were already doing your job as the job. So, yeah, yeah. I, like the first, I still remember the first day was, um, you know, kind of had the morning meeting, how you going everyone? And then at 10am I was like off down the road with a camera and a notepad to go interview. Um, oh, I can't remember what the story was. I think it was something to, to do, it was a, a check donation and it was Charlie Miller, who okay. was a um, World War veteran. And, yep. um, and like went on to like do a bunch of stories with Charlie over the years. But like I just still remember that first story and I'm just there like, you know, two hours in, into my day or hour and a half into my day, got no idea um, what I'm doing. But, you know, it really set the tone mm-hmm. of, like, baptism of fire. Like, just out you go. Yep. Get it done. Like, um, at the end of the day, it's just talking to someone. It's just chats. That's actually sick, though. Like, the fact that, I guess, you know, there's that much, not trust, but, you know, it's like, this is this is what it is. Like, mm. no one held your hand to do it. Yeah. Um, and I see a lot of hand-holding nowadays, but anyway. So, what, you've been bored of watching it since after school? Yep, basically. For, so, um, yeah, probably it was, that was uh, November November of 2008. Whoa. So, basically, since then, been, aside from a brief period last year of <laughs> a couple yeah, of months. Yeah, we'll definitely get into um, that. COVID. Um, all right, so there's also something else, you know, that you've done that you've been quite successful at, which is being a frontman of a band. Rock and roll. Rock and a roll. I want to I wanna go into that. So tell the viewers what you were fronting. Yes, I was in a band called Sierra. Mm-hmm. Um, we were like a hardcore, melodic, melodic hardcore, I believe was the term. Um, 
along, uh, you know, I was alongside. Uh, well, it started out Michael McCusker on drums, Logan Wilkins, Jordan Osborne on guitar, Lorenzo Calcagno on the bass. Mm-hmm. Jeez, I reckon that's everyone. And then, um, then we went through various iterations and finished up with um, basically that similar group. Uh, sorry, no, I should say Jacob Phillips also on guitar. We had three guitars in the early that's days. That's right, yeah. Uh, um, which was a good... It was like, they were just like, yeah, that was good times. Um, and then, yeah, when we finished, by the time we finished up, um, we had Tom Wilson on the drums. Mm-hmm. So how did Sierra come to be? And where's the, where does the name come from? I don't know. Like, it's just this weird, like, I've, I've heard stories of, like, Omegle and, like, the young, the young guys on, on Omegle and they come across a Sierra on there or something like that. Okay. And then it was, like, the brand of a fridge or something that someone had and it just kept popping up. I kind of was a late, like, late to the party. Okay. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a weird party, but... Yeah, and in hindsight, I wish we had have come up with something, like, yeah, that just... I, I don't mind, like, I didn't want to come up with, like, um, like Death by Nails or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, like yeah. But, you know, just something that just had, yeah, like, had a bit more foundation in it than some random... It could be a fridge, it could be off a website sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. like, it could be referencing some girl off a of Meagle or, yep. like, I don't know. <sighs> okay, so, t- tell, tell us about what actually happened with that band. So, obviously, you know... I, I witnessed the, the bands. I was not heavily involved, but I'd, I'd go to gigs and stuff. What? Tell the listeners what the whole Sierra... Because you came to be quite successful, so go for it, I reckon. Well, I think you're uh, not giving yourself credit for your moshing skills. <laughs> oh, I Jesus do, Christ. I do remember uh, Mo absolutely throwing down in the pit. <laughs> Thank but, you. Uh, they were, you know, they were the glory days. They were the good old days. Um, but, yeah, we did, um, I guess from early on... Um, you know, I, I think um, the guys certainly had musical talent and, like, real passion for music. So mm-hmm. they were um, always writing and, like, they were influenced by, I guess, something that there wasn't a whole lot of down here. Like, in terms of, like, their influences in the melodic hardcore and um, that was kind of gaining prominence. And just like, at the time they were, like, you know, I guess smaller bands on the come up, such as, like, Counterparts and Hundredth. Mm-hmm. Um I think they were big influences, but we still smashed out a day to remember covers at practice. So you got to. Um, but I think yeah, just over time, it just like you know, I think we just took it seriously. Like we, we just took it. It was fun, but we also like just had aspirations. Again, everything but school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just I guess you know when you invest, you know, time, effort, and money into something like, um, and and that's a lot of what we did. You know, a lot of a lot of the stuff we we're doing you know, wasn't for a, a return, especially, early, yep. you know, you just really, you're just, you're paying your way or you're sacrificing this, that or the other um, in the hope that down the track it pays off. Mm-hmm. And we just did that enough and we just put ourselves out there enough and like, you know, made the effort, I guess. Um, and you know, there's a bit of luck along the way and obviously a bit of fortune with people, um, you know, promoters and things like that supporting you and being in the right room at the right time. But um yeah, it just grew, and um, eventually we kind of hit a point where, yeah, things really kind of picked up. And yeah. Then, um, and then from that, we are kind of able to live out some, like, childhood dreams kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, like, yep. Um, yeah. So what... what so, okay, so how hard is it to, you know, establish yourself as a band? 
Like, I think it's hard. Like, I think looking back, I think, and it, like now I just see it reflected in so many other aspects of life. But um, the hardest part is, I guess, there's still, you know, everyone's. It's all boys, lads, bros. Like, you know, like. Yep. Everyone, but but it's not like there's still an element of competition. Okay. Like, I I did see that. Like, you know, you still. Um, like there's still you know there's a finite amount of spots on a show yep. there's you know there's only so many tours there's only um, so many ears out there that want to like that are you know that are absorbing this kind of music yeah. um, how are we going to differentiate ourselves like how um, you know and do but do that genuinely you know not to um, not to be too gimmicky or um, you know like and again if you're going to put time money effort into something then you know, you've really got to, um, I guess, honour that. And, mm. and I think that's what we all did. We just said, right, we, you know, if, if we've gone to the lengths that we've gone to already, then we just need to keep going. Like, we're, we're going to just go to Sydney and record, you know, at this place, you know, um, and we're going to pay for it all. Like, and it's, it's a big outlay. Um, you, you went know, all in. Yeah, yeah, basically. Like, we just thought, look, like, and if only to say... You know, if you wanted to say in 10 years' time, like, from now, that, like, oh, at least we gave it a crack. Jesus Christ. Like, you just, yeah, you didn't know, but, you know, like, just the same as, like, people buy, like, the latest PlayStation game that comes out, you know, because they love gaming. You know, we basically just said, we love music, we love playing shows, like, let's just chuck our money into what we would hope would further our progress in that. That's, like, so ballsy, because, I mean... When I was going to uni and stuff, I'd always go to like, like, um, like bloody Fowlers or like the underground and like you'd see bands like playing, but no one still like, and they were, they were in like a capital city and they didn't get, there was like maybe one that I can think of that was relatively successful. Um, but like I'm saying, like, I don't think people, I don't, I, I really don't, I mean, I don't know if you're listening, but to make it big and to play the things that you played is, Actually nuts. Do you ever give yourself credit for that? I, f- I always forget that I was ever in a band. It's like a different life. Like I, f- I, Are I, you for I, real? <laughs> yeah, I, like, I had to do a talk recently um, at a thing and like it was reflecting on some of my experiences and that was one of them that I chose because I thought it would be unique to a lot of people in the room um, compared to what they'd experienced. And like, so I went back and found and I just forget. Like I had to go back and like, flick through our Facebook and stuff and I was just like, oh yeah, we did that. Oh. That was cool. Like this, I, I and when I obviously when I reflect, I remember. But there's so many times, and like music still is a big part of. Like I listen to music every day. I, I'm always singing songs in my head, and there's always music going in my head. Like, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but I just forget myself that we like we were in a band, and that we, and what we did as well. What? <laughs> I can't believe that. Okay, so who? Okay, so you, like I said, you did make it. I'm gonna say you made it. Let's be honest, you made it. Yeah, well, like certainly, yeah, certainly couldn't have, yeah, like what we got to, like was, you know, we, we did in the end, we did a few couple of tours and things like that where we made money. So where who's who are the names like you know who are the big names? What are the what are these bucket list names that you you know I guess you know you ticked it off the bucket list, the dream came true. Who did you play with? Yeah, so I remember like obviously hundredth like from day dot, and I reckon it was Hayden Phillips, Chifo. He, yeah. Um, yeah, he, oh, I don't know, it was it was him or Logan or Jordan. One of them come across. Um, 
Desolate by Hundredth, and I just remember that was my first like that was my first melodic hardcore song. Before mm-hmm. then, I was very much like down the emo train, like yeah, you yep. know, like um, yeah, like bring me like um, oh, just so yeah, just so much emo yep. and stuff. Yeah, um, and that was my first like, hang on, what's this? Yeah, like uh, and so you know, from day dot, and I remember saying um, eventually to um. To, to one of the guys that um, helped manage us like that, you know, if, if you had a bucket list, like, who is it? And I'm like, that's one. Um, and then it, it was around that, t- like, it was, uh, I guess, before that, um, we started to become, like, uh, being as an ocean was getting more prominent. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely in our kind of lane. Um, and it was like, yeah, these guys are sick. And then, yeah, just got the email through, like, would you guys like to support these guys when they come to Australia? And that was, like, our first... But we had toured with Anna, which I thought was sick because they're, like, real... Well, that's still probably, like, my... Like, music-wise, oh... I just think there's just some really good memories from Vanna. Like, mm-hmm. they were just real... That was just really cool. And that was our first, like, big tour. Like, yep. see if... There's a lot of learning curves along the way, too. Yeah. Like, just a lot of, like, learning how things were done. And there's um, tour manager, Pease, who, like, he just, like... He just dialed us in. Like, he just gave us the gave us the short short and sharp very early on about a few things and like from there it was like right that's the that's the expectation and like that was so helpful because it just helped us um understand what you need like uh, like you have to you know your music can be the best but if you're not easy to work with or you're not like a team player in terms of an overall tour, like you mess around or whatever, or you just like create havoc and you're just some support band, like you're not getting another tour after mm. that. So, you you know, you do have to be you're almost no different to employment. You've got to be professional. Yeah. So, um, but then, yeah, so, that, you know, that was through Van and then being as an ocean was, yeah, like, unreal. And we, that, that was just, yeah, a really cool experience and, um, we actually got to tour with them again later on when they came back the second time. But then I remember the day where I got the email from um, Andrew who's like, you're not going to believe this, like 100th are coming and your guys are going on it. Yep. And it was just like, I remember like running around the house, like <laughs> I was shaking. I can, I'm, I'm, I'm about to shake now thinking about it. Like, cause it was just, I like, I really liked them and it was really cool for me, but I also just knew how much the other guys mm. Like them, like that is like um, I don't know. That's like some real metalcore kid wanting to tour with, like Parkway. Yeah, that's like you know hundredth was that melodic hardcore. Like they yep. were, you know, they were for us just such an influence. Um, Did you get the yips? Nah. nah so but, when you first okay, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, to cut you off, yeah. but that you've walked into the room and there's the boys. The boys. What were you like? Yeah, it was. It's funny because it, it like it is like seeing celebrities because you're you've watched like like you've watched live sets, you've seen <coughs> photos. You're like mm-hmm. like their front man Chadwick's pretty like unique. Yeah. Like in a, you know he's just he stands out. Um, but they just like they're just they're just down to earth. Like it's and it's the same what we found was like being as an ocean's the same. They've got a couple of members who are you know I guess celebrities within the scene as well. Mm-hmm. But like they just couldn't be any more inviting and normal and. Um, and yeah, and you know, it's a mix. Like it's just personalities. Like you know, between a band of five people, of course you're going to get a different mix. And so there were just some that you'd warm to more than others, and like some were just down to like to like just hang, like just be bro out, yeah, bro out, yeah, yeah, <laughs> really. Like it's that's like exactly. And then others, it's like we do this for a living. Like this, 
you know, it's, this isn't glamorous. Like, yeah. Um, I've just like flown over from like America. I'm just going to take a few days to adjust here. Mm, mm. So, so what? Okay, so obviously there were some fantastic highs. What were some some lows of being in the band? Um, I think I think it's just not a very glamorous life. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it was I wouldn't change a thing. But it's just like, um. It was quite stressful. Like you'd go out for like two weeks at a time or ten days, and it is it was quite stressful. Um, and you then that gets like compounded by the fact that you know you're not eating, drinking well. You're like you're finishing shows at two a.m., packing the trailer by three a.m., going to sleep till five a.m., and then like driving twelve hours to the next venue because you have to be there by like mid afternoon to unload. Like so, it was just a lot of um, yeah. So you. you you know, I wasn't really thinking about it so much at the time, but, you know, diet, sleep, like these other factors that would normally keep me in check, and that just kind of heightens everything else, um, you know, like your, your, the stress and the nerves, and, mm. like, you're just mm. all a bit out of whack. Um, so I kind of understand, you know, I guess, that the shows are fun, but it's just such a small snapshot of the day. It's, like, 25, 30 minutes of, like, a, of a day, which is up to, like, you know, 18 hours of... <laughs> of shit <laughs> like whoa but at the same time you get to see like the you like even just driving up the Hume like driving like from Sydney to Brisbane like you're doing it with like mates like you find ways to make it fun and mm-hmm. like you you get familiar with like you, like usual spots and things like that that you always stop at so um but you also you get like everyone just kind of gets on everyone's nerves by the end of it too yeah yep. is there anything like a fan or someone said to you that you still like reflect or resonate on like is there just like I don't know some, like someone would come up and say like this lyric meant that or like is there just something that stands out there was a girl that um, we one of our first songs and we didn't really play it much live but it was called Selfless and there was a girl that did an acoustic version of it from America um, that was just really like just really like that, that was kind of still early days and that was like just to have this random person do such a cover like that was in my eyes, like, just such a high-quality cover. Like, it was, like, that's pretty cool that she's gone to that effort to do that. Um, but then, it, like, you ne- it never got, like... You, like, it was always just unreal, like, when you get a merch order from, like, somewhere. Like, yes, the internet gives you a global audience, but you still don't sink in, like, beyond the old jail. Like, <laughs> you know? Like, like, it's... um, So that was just always cool and, like, just these opportunities and... Um, and even like, I just remember times when like I remember we first recorded a couple of songs and they were got, like they got played on short fast loud yeah and like sitting there and then like um, I remember the first time restitution was played and it was like Stu Harvey and he's like int- he's like how about this one like all right and he's like talked it up a bit yeah and like just to hear yourself on the radio for the first time like and to have you know you, you obviously held him in high regard yeah because like, this is his job and he like oh. he says something cool and you're just like. Yeah, you're like, um, yeah, it's pretty surreal. That's yeah, that's sick, man. That's that's super interesting. I'm, that's awesome. All right, so I guess there's two ways you can take this. You can you can answer both. So if you wish you had been told one thing or one piece of advice before you began, I guess being a front man, mm-hmm. and also before or still now being the journalist, um, what do you wish you knew? Um, yeah, I don't know. 
probably wish I, um, yeah, I guess I just wish I had some of the more life experience. Like, so you just get to, um, it would just make life a whole lot easier if you had just had more interactions with people and mm -hmm. a better understanding of people um, at an earlier age. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one when I try and, and put it to those two things. Um, I think if it's one thing, if one thing I knew. Yeah, one thing. Yeah, you knew. I think I'm um, just that. You know, ultimately, you've just got to be happy with what you're doing, like what you're putting out there. So yep. you just need to have the best of intentions with that. You can get so caught up in, especially in um, both fields, both being in a band um, and writing stories, um, puts you out there for public opinion. Yeah, in like quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and you've just got to be comfortable with what you do um, and um, not take on too much of the negative. But it is the, the classic, you know, like you'll get 100, 100 nice things, but it's that one negative that just sticks with you. Mm -hmm. um, and it's to this day that happens. Um, and you'd like, you'd much sooner um, dwell on something that you think you're not doing well rather than give yourself the pat on the back for what you are doing well. Yeah. And I think that's probably true to both of those things is, you know, don't sweat those... Um, don't sweat those negative interactions. If you know, if there's a genuine, if there is a genuine um, reason for that feedback, you know, take it on board yeah. and learn from it. Um, yeah. But if it's just, you know, if it's just the internet being the internet, or like just coming from a, you know, it's, it's not constructive in any way. Then yeah. just just let leave it behind. Don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. Let it slide. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And uh, yeah, it's it's. I don't think people. People do give themselves enough credit. And, I mean, at the end of the day, you cannot please everyone. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess, you know, if they're just saying, oh, this sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, we'll, we'll keep going with just the... We'll finish yep. off the career stuff. Yeah. What's one common myth about, I guess, being a front man um, <laughs> that you want to debunk? And then what's one common myth about being a journalist that you also want to debunk? All right. Well, I think um, being in the bands... Um, and I guess my persona on stage was perhaps one of, like, I was quite... Um, I, it was just a bit of a release for me each time. And, like, so I was quite um, energetic mm -hmm. and, it, you know, put myself out there a bit. Um, but, you know, I walk around the supermarket with my head down so I don't make eye contact with someone I might know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I really rely on them to say, get him, mate. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Hey, Bye. Yeah. So I guess I... Um, you know, and and that's the same with journalism. You have to be comfortable going up to strangers and like having conversations. And in some regards, you have some of the, like the most personal conversations that person might have, depending mm -hmm. on the subject matter. Yep. Um, uh, you know, but then again, at the same time, it's I have those same, I have that, I have those same tendencies to like wanting to like if I see someone ring me and it's a phone number I don't know, I'm not answering it. Like, <laughs> And, you know, like, I hop on the phone and talk to people for a living every day, but, like, yeah, I'm not answering it if I don't know who that is because it's just a bit of, like, anxiety of, like, what is this going to be or... That's that's not strange, but that's really odd. Like, you know, like, do you, do you switch off from, like, when it's, like, do you almost put, like, the journalist cap on when it's journalist time and then take it off when it's literally, I don't want to... You know what I mean? Like uh, Every time I do a typo, I just say that I don't take my work home with me. In, on Facebook or something like that yeah. In, yeah. The, in the mate's inbox before I get roasted. I'm like, doesn't matter, I'm not at work, so I don't need to know how to spell right now. Okay. Um, but um, it's hard to, like, it is hard to switch off. I guess, like, I could see, 
how people might, um, and I have seen it, especially, well, I guess, again, it applies to both, um, that people might hold themselves with some kind of status, Mm -hmm. thinking that they are this tier above or like they have some form of celebrity. Um, I would like to think that that's not how I'm perceived and I certainly don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. So when I am out of work, I'm not looking to be noticed or seen or like, you know, like I'm just trying to be... A guy. Yeah, just trying to be a guy. Like I don't... You know, like I don't. Um, You're not wearing like a blazer that says "Border Watch 101 <laughs> yeah, yeah, Specialist." Like, like you know, and um, and it is. Yeah, like I've had interactions quite the opposite where I'm like in my sh- like singlet and shorts, and like I just see like looks I might like, get out of the corner of my eye from perhaps someone that doesn't agree with Taylor's and whatnot, and I'm just like I'm not like I you know like you can just tell that they just think that like you know it might be I'm on I'm on leave. It's like yeah. a, a Tuesday, 11 a.m. And they just think this guy's got nowhere better to be. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not like I I am making something of myself. I'm just on holidays. That's so. that's isn't that yeah okay. That's fucked up though. Like why I don't. And I think that's the biggest thing that this this whole podcast so far. I'm what almost I've done about twenty episodes, and it's literally the amount of people that just judge people by appearance or you know judging a book by their cover. Mm. And I think. The other thing I've learned is there's so many sayings, and the reason they're sayings because you know, like, you know, like, oh, I was talking to um, Kyra, mm-hmm. um, and we were saying like actions speak louder than words. It's like, oh shit, that actually makes sense when you think about it. But even mm. like, don't judge a book by its cover is now like never rung so true to me because like even just things that people have like sent me, like after they've listened to an episode and like given like told me this or told me that, I'm like, I had no idea. Mm. I think, like, everyone's just... And, again, it's just, like, an ego thing. Like, as in, like, people don't want to talk about cliches or, like, these sayings because they feel like they'll be judged. Yeah, and it's like... And it's just so, like, when, when in reality, like, if more people were just spreading this messaging out there, like, I'm a a big believer in, you know, um, like, you do... There is, you know, mindset, um, you know, does, does attract... You know, it does attract or push away. So yep. if you've got this positive mindset, or um, you're putting these thoughts out there, like you will, um, you will get a return on that. Mm. It may not be instant. It may require a bit of a roller coaster. Mm. But like, if you stay the course, um, you know, you you end up in a, a much healthier place at the end. Oh, yeah. And it's it goes back to another saying, which is consistency compounds. So if you know if you've got positive things going in your life. I think more positive things will come, and if you you know you start to dabble in negative things, yeah, um, more negative shit will happen. But phew, all right, Christ, that was a that was a good little talk there, good <laughs> little chat, I guess. Just a, um, just a chat. What shit doesn't work? Um, yeah, I think like, I've touched on it a little bit with obviously like dwelling on those that the one out of a hundred that um, has no intention of actually you know bettering you other than tearing you down so i think putting energy into into others but i think yeah i think that more that point more broadly um you know if you if you want to be good at something or if you are good at something like you worry about your own front yard not what's going on in the front yard next to you mm-hmm. or like elsewhere and um and i mean that in the sense that like you don't tear down other people's yards just to make yours look better you don't stand on other people's shoulders to look tall yeah. like you just 
you know, you if you want to be the best at something, you be the best at something. Don't try and bring everyone back down to your level or, yep. you know, belittle them. Um, and, and you do see that from time to time and it just baffles me because, like, um, you know, so, so much of it is to, do with, is, is to do with business and work, but it does happen in, in other aspects of life. But it's like, um, I think people lose, like, their humanity, like, they forget their humanity. Like, mm. they forget that we're all just people. Like, in, in essence, we're all just animals. Like, yeah. <laughs> highly intelligent animals. And that's very, like, a very basic thing to say. Like, but people forget it and then they just start to play games. And, um, you know, it's like, at the end of the day, what are we all, like, trying to achieve? Like, yep. Um, so why, like, you know, you, it, it is a cutthroat world and, like, you do have to be competitive um, in, you know, business, sport, whatever, whatever else. Um, but you know, there's plenty of, plenty, uh, plenty to go around, you know, so just focus on what you do well. And, and again, that keeps you in that positive mindset mm -hmm. and, um, that will attract, um, in the long term. you know, that, that'll, that'll attract sustained, you know, positive benefits. Whereas yep. I think, um, a negative approach um, is often, often you know, short-sighted. Might have short-term benefit, um, yep. but you're certainly um, there's only so many bridges that you can burn. Um, and in a town like this, like you know, just in a community like this, or um, in a, in a particular um, you know hobby or interest, there's only so many people involved in that. And mm. I just think, yeah, sometimes people worry too much about what they're doing. Uh, sorry, what others are doing, yep. and less about what um, what they can do well. That was some bombs, man. And I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind. I, I've been waiting for. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not gonna get a rewind moment. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to the sayings. Like people always think, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side, but then the grass is always greener where you water it as well. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, if you like, you're saying if you can go around and I think Gary Vee says something about building the tallest tower, and mm. you can be the guy that you know does the hard work and build the tallest tower, and you know make it a journey and, you know, eventually your hard work stacked up, staying consistent builds the tallest tower. Mm. Or you can be that dick that builds the tallest tower by just smashing and fucking everything up around you. And, yeah. you know, obviously one's a positive and one's a negative and, wow, bam, shit. Well, I guess just, you know, with that, like, to me, like, and this is just where I come from, but to me, you, you would have to question your mindset on, um, you know, why are you even doing that thing in the first place if the only way that you see yourself, to, like, if your measure of success is someone else's lack of success? Hoy. Like, bam. Yeah, you know, to me, that's a, a no-brainer, like, a no-brainer, but I guess I just, you know, works works what we do and not who we are, and mm. I think people forget that. Like, people mm. can get a bit too caught up, which I understand, It's like, it's important to, you know, Again, we're putting time and effort and money into work and everything else, but you know, there's got to be a limit where you just go, "Hang on, that person just wants food on their table like me." So, yeah, it's crazy that we don't see that though. Like, yeah, that's you've got me thinking, man. Man, people yeah, suck sometimes. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, have you had a light bulb moment? Like, have things just made sense, or have things clicked? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I couldn't tell you a time, like a moment, but I certainly think when I, um, there was a time in my work where I had this moment where I realised, um, 
yeah, like that. I guess you, there was a sense of buying where where you go from just being like doing my job and going home to understanding like a bigger picture and like how you know, um, you know, together like you can when issues arise, um, you can achieve a lot more. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think I remember a, po- a point in time when I was kind of more individually focused. Just not, just naive, like just wasn't thinking in that headspace, probably just immature, like hadn't reached that point where I go, hang on, if like, if I just get on the same page as all these other people, like together, it's just going to make it life so much easier. Mm. Like, and, and hang on, these people are willing to teach me and like there's experience to be drawn on here and, um, you know, and, and it turned it from being more like I go to work and do my bit to like just a more of a team environment and, um, and it's always, you can always see when someone has like that buy-in, speaking specifically to work, like, yeah, just where, um, and I think that's important. Like, I think that's what you should strive to have out of, you, you strive to be as an employee and strive to have out of employees is just that sense of ownership that, so that when things do um, not go to plan, uh, you know, the, the uh, I guess that stress you know, isn't as high. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you know, more hands make light work, and yep. um, and you don't have to shoulder it alone because you know you do that enough times, and that can really um, derail, you know, derail a business or a passion. And um, so, I think like I, I don't know. Yeah, that's just one thing where I can really I I can see back in looking back a a real switch, mm-hmm. and something that I still value to today. Is there anything personally that you go, oh shit, like that's how it works? Um, I don't know. Not, not that I can think no, of. That's cool, that's cool. Ken of Worms, do you think boys and girls are equal? I have, uh, through my previous Just Chats listening experiences, <laughs> heard this question and there's been some interesting answers and like diff- just each time it's a different take. Like, because it's such a broad mm. conversation, mm. so like you can you can factor in so many different aspects of that question. Um, and when I look at it, I look at it um, more so in <clears throat> I just relate it back to some things I enjoy. Because so I get enjoyment out of running, um, and I do not I do not even um, flinch at going for a run at night. Mm-hmm. Girls don't have that luxury. Yep. Girls are sh- shit scared. Yep. Um, it's not to say that I, you know, I've I've been for some runs at night and seen, like, nearly got belted up and like, you know, it's not so. It's not to say there's not dang, like there's not risks out there, um, but you know, I'm, I certainly it's not enough to stop me from walking out the door. Yeah. And for for, girl, not all girls, but for a lot of like girls and women, it's, um, you know, they wouldn't even fathom going for a run or a walk at night. Yeah. Like that, it doesn't. It's not even a thought that enters their head. It's crazy you say that because I remember when the um, the lights first got put up around the Blue Lake, and everyone was saying, "Yeah, sweet, sweet, um, we've got lights now. We can we can cruise around at night time." But even then, females were still hesitant to to go. Mm. Yep, because there's that you know past the cactus. If you're going like the cool way, which yeah. is obviously <laughs> counterclockwise. If you don't go counterclockwise, you're not cool. Um, there's the past. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard way. Yeah. Cool way. <laughs> past that cactus garden. It's yep. still dark as shit, and there's yeah. bushes and stuff. So yeah, and and it is like a, a place where, um, you know, up around the lakes, um, like people do kind of just drive around. Mm. Like it, so, it is a bit. You know, it is isolated out the back there. Mm. Um, 
So, you know, in that, I think, like, you know, to me, no. You know, like, and that's obviously a, a, a prevalent kind of conversation that's going on as, as like, around humanity, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, is that, you know, um, is that, and um, yeah, that, that, that's what I think of when I think of like that. That's one thing that makes me go, you know, and there's others where I think it's a lot more balanced. And you know, I, I um, listened to you and your partner, Pam, talk about um, the pay gap. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you've made like good points there, mm-hmm. which I agree with, and um, and yeah, it doesn't take into account a lot of things. Um, and again, the same with the same when it comes to you know sport, and and it's not to say that things are fair, but um, I just think there's lots of um, there's just lots of uh, kind of commercial realities, and maybe that's been conditioned into people in an unfair manner over many years, and mm. it is going to take. You know, it, it, Rome's, Rome wasn't built in a day, and like it's going to be, a, it might take some time to kind of reverse that. Hundred uh, percent, and especially with sport, like you said, it's it's a business. Yeah, um, and you know, I, I think um, yeah, I, I look I look locally, and you know, there's been some examples where um, you know there's been females that play within men's competitions because mm. they're that good, and I think I do understand, like you know the. I think there should be leagues to support um, both genders. Like mixed? Yeah, uh, well, no, well, I should. I think there should be a men's and a women's. You oh, know? okay, yeah, sorry. Like just, just to, to, but I think there are exceptions to the rule, and I think they should be just based on merit, and I think you don't get um, some of the female athletes that we've had come out of this, this region mm. um, without um, placing them um, into men's competitions, yeah. which is just... Um, I guess um, physically more competitive. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think, especially again, referencing more locally, that um, female sport has just come come um, forward, kind of leaps and bounds in the last few years, like the yeah. last decade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whereas these people like have kind of been that I'm referencing have kind of been trailblazers from you know that those yeah yeah at, at the start of the decade kind of where it really was, there wasn't a lot of outlets for them. And the only way for them to better themselves is to play against the best yeah. gender, not included in that. So, yeah. Okay. So what benefits do you think you get from being a male? Um, I think, ah, yeah, right. Um, I think obviously, um, Oh no, I was going to say like, you know, you, safety or security but you know I don't think that's true either because I think you can go out on, out to the pub on a Saturday night and there's sometimes there's just people that want to fight another male and, yeah. and that's not what I'm down for um, but yeah benefits um, you know I personally probably haven't had too many examples a lot of my working life I've worked with a lot of um, like strong females and like fe- had female females in leadership as well and mm-hmm. um and it's kind of been like there's been comments made oh it's nice to have another guy in the you know in the in the office yeah like yep. because it has been so um female dominated, fe- female dominated. um yeah there's not to say that's a benefit but i just you know like it's i, I, I don't think i've um 
I really just want to like, yeah, really just focus on my own experience. And I think that everything that has come my way has probably been based on merit. If I had to base it back on a personal experience, I certainly think that um, in like the, for instance, the band, yep. band world, um, you know, it, it, it is so just, you know, the males of the band members and the females of the fans is yeah. this perception, like, is, is how it's perceived. And it's, you know, and I've come across some, um, again, like reference that, that girl earlier, um, you know, just way more talented than, you know, most of the guys. But I guess, um, and I haven't been involved in the bands for a long time, so I don't know. But, you know, I guess back when I was, um, weren't probably given the time. that It wasn't as diverse. Mm. Like, maybe mm. not taken as seriously. Like, whereas it's like, especially as fans of music, it's like it means just as much to them as it does to you. Yep. Like, why can't they be just as um, engaged? So... <laughs> Am I supposed to ask that? No, 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 that's it was rhetorical. Okay. Um, disadvantages to being a boy. Disadvantages. Hmm. Uh, probably that I'm supposed to know how to be a handyman around the house, and I'm hopeless. <laughs> yes. For <laughs> <yeah>. being honest. <laughs> um. No. Uh. Yeah. I look. I. I don't know. It's hard. What, 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 like, what have been some of the answers you've received on that? Like, Things I can see, like, I mean, I look at the world like, I, I need to interview myself. Um, I see, like, uh, for being a male, not that it's, like, crazy important, but you you have to perform. Like, for a female, they, not saying that they're born into it, but for a girl to be wanted, they, not, oh, fuck, here we go, can of worms. Mm. A girl just is born into beauty, and mm-hmm. men desire that. Yeah. Girls desire performance and success. Mm-hmm. A boy has to prove he's successful, whether it be wealthy, job, sick at something. Yeah. Um, and then they compete with other males to get the female. Yeah. So I think the disadvantage there is if you're not performing or you're not performing to what the girl wants, you lose. Mm. Yeah, I would agree. Like, the, it definitely, like... Um from my yeah my experience and perspective that it's you, the, the females hold the cards mm. yeah um in that regard but uh, you know I have referenced just earlier that how also there's those out there that you know it is unsafe for them because there's some mm. that um yeah it, it it is it is a can of worms and like and that's not to say I mean there are girls that you know you know, they like to prove to boys as well, but I think you go back there, the exception doesn't make the rule. I honestly think that females hold the, I guess, the key to sex, mm-hmm. uh, especially going through your young young years. Um, mm-hmm. And they do get a lot of benefits from, you know, looking good. Like, you know, they get their drinks for free. They get to cut in line, well, cut in line, go, and go to the front of the line and things mm-hmm. like that. So not that that's crazy important, but it's, and fuck, man, if there's an advantage of being the sex that you are, fucking use it. Like, yeah. You'd be, you'd be stupid not to use it. And I guess, you know, I guess that's the other saying that uh, a privilege is, um, like, if you're privileged at something, you're blind. Like, you know, you don't really see that you're privileged because mm. you just get it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, being, especially being a male, like, having um, interest in, you know, all boys, you know, not that, like, we're sex ravenous fiends, but, you know, there's definitely that interest there. And it's much, much harder for a male unless they are, you know, that alpha or they've got success, you know, that they've, they've proven that they're 
I guess, worthy of the attention of the female. Mm. And you see it like, for example, I guess the easy way to put it like this, to, to put in perspective to the listeners is, think of the last time, say, you went to McDonald's uh, and you were served by a boy. Do you remember his name? If you knew that girl was pretty, someone would say, oh, do you know that pretty girl that works at McDonald's? Mm. And that's not, I mean, that's just, you know, that is looks and all that sort of stuff. But that's, Mm. I don't want to get it mixed up either because as a boy, I know I think differently to a girl. Yeah. Um, But that's just, and I guess if you can't, it all comes down to what I've experienced as well. So I just see it. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's pros and cons. There's benefits and disadvantages. Um, I think what the, what the healthy outlook is to be considerate of both. Yep. Like, and I'd, perhaps some people aren't, and that's where, like, you know, you say we're open up a can of worms, but I just think maybe that it's people don't actually, aren't honest in their reflection on mm. what they might be. And so, you know, you could say something that comes across abrasive, but really you're actually just, um, you know, it's a fair assessment or judgment based on what you see, and but yeah. people would be more, would, would sooner rather... Um, label you as being sexist or, um, or you know, that you, you don't understand. Mm. Um, when being re- dis- but- that, sorry, I, I don't want to cut you off, but that's a really good point. Like, and I was going to say, when, when like, views and values don't align or um, if you think it's because, like, it's, it's not I'm trying to discriminate against things. It's literally just because that's, that's how it is. And, yes, it's not fair, but it's, you you know, you don't want to like, you don't spark up a hissy fit or cause an outroar when, you know, you are getting those benefits. Mm. Like say, if you're, say for example, if I'm a, a dude and, uh, you know, I'm killing it, I've got like this flock of females, you know, that's sick. But on the opposite hand, say for example, if I'm a girl and I don't know, Kanye West comes up to me and says, hey, yo, like you're going to feel like, oh shit, okay, this guy's successful. He knows what he's mm. like. You know, you, you're getting the benefit of, of that success. So mm. Yeah, I just don't, you know, and I, I guess on the other hand, you know, people that play up, you know, they try and not have the power, but they have that, the um, the clout of like mm. perceiving that they're powerful and successful and effective and then approaching those those girls or vice versa. And you're like, I don't want to, you know, to put it best, um, Destiny's Child don't want no scrub. <laughs> Very true. I think it's a good question, like the ask, because it's like obviously you're getting all these diverse opinions, and it's not something that a lot of people talk about. I, and so, I, I think it just relates to experience. Yeah, it does, and I think each time someone's going to say at least one thing that makes you kind of, if you are of that mindset, go okay, like I never saw it like yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see it like that, or yeah. um, you know, or okay, like I'm not what I'm, or, or what you know, it kind of validates what you think, mm. um, in the sense that you know I'm not being unreasonable. Yeah. You know, it is, this is, you know, based on what I've experienced, like, this is how it's perceived. And, you know, you're judging it on reality. Like, so what else, yeah. can, what else can you do? Yeah. So. Nice. What do you think most people are doing wrong day to day? Um, I think too many people um, are guided by ego. Yep. I think... Um, it's it manifests in small ways. It manifests it manifests in big ways, um, but you know they um, they don't. You just really have to let go of that, um, and 
you know, just just give something a go or accept that you're not going to be the best, mm. but it doesn't mean that you can't do it. Yeah. Um, or accept that you don't know, but you can learn. Um, where is, oh, I'm, fuck, I keep cutting you off, but I was going to say, I was gonna, this is the first thing that came to mind. It's like, you know when, like, because as a teacher, it's like, I was playing basketball today. I Sorry, I just had, oh, oh, fuck. Anyway, this kid said, I was like, I was uh, on lunch duty just like shooting threes like Steph Curry and Dame Lillard like 101 on the court anyway I go to this kid oh can can you shoot threes he's like yeah like, that's cinch I'm like okay and he gets the ball and it's just like the biggest bomb I'm like man like <laughs> what are you doing like and like that's just exactly what you've just you know you yeah. said yeah um, um. So, yeah, I, I just had to get that story out, like... Yeah, that, like, yeah, people just carry a bit too much ego, like, they're not prepared to give things a go um, based on... Because they're worried about what people will think, or they're worried whether it will reflect poorly on them, rather than just accepting, I don't know everything, or I don't know how to do mm. that, but, you know what, I can try. Yeah. Um, and also understanding that you might, yeah, you know, you might fail, or you might make a mistake, and you either learn from it, or you go, right, at least I gave it a go, mm. on to the next. Mm. Um, I think, I think it's... Yeah, like, you know, people could, like, you know, you could say that that's fear, but I think it's more ego. Mm. I think people aren't necessarily scared, um, scared in a, in a fearful sense. They're just scared of how it, will, um, how it will make them feel or how it will make them look. It comes back to that um, I made a post, a story um, on Instagram yesterday, yesterday, day before, um, and that the last line is just it's literally been like ticking over my head mm. and for those if you, if you missed it it said if you think the cost is too high wait until you get the bill for doing nothing mm. and I was just like it's like you said if you don't try or like you know there's no there's no point like imagine finishing like the end of your life and you literally just didn't do stuff yeah and that's like I've, you know, I, I've given a lot of things a go, and like, I've spent too much money, <laughs> with on hobbies and different different things like that. Yeah. But like, I really just try and get the most out of it that I can. Mm. Um. Yeah. To um. Yeah. Just just to see what I can do, and whether that's the thing for me, or yep. it, or maybe it was just the thing for me at that time. But at least you know, like I just try and um at least soak up as much of it as I can yeah. because um yeah like back to cliches tomorrow's not promised you know like why would I put something you know there's things where I've almost um put things off more in recent years with things like um with my running and certain events that I've done there and think oh I'll do that next year and mm -hmm. then I'll just go I'll just, I'll just postpone it and then I go hang on like you know I don't know if I'm going to be able to run next year yeah like that's probably a bit too. That's probably a bit too of a, uh, you know, a bit too wishful thinking yeah. to to just got to just think. Nah, she'll be right. I'll have next year. Like when really you just don't know. Um, it's not like, and I don't mean that in a morbid way either. Like it's just you just don't know. Like you simply do not. Um, and it could be any. It could be a matter of circumstances in your life, someone else's life close to you. Um, you know, that thing that you really wanted to do, like, is cancelled. It isn't a thing anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, it goes under or whatever, and then you just can never do it, and you never got to experience it. So it's like, if it means that much to you, then just do it. All right. 
What do you think people are overlooking? So what aren't they doing enough of? Um, probably just communicating, and that's very rich for me to say. <laughs> people, <laughs> people listening to this are probably like, yeah, righto. Um, but I think so much of life is just balancing expectation, mm-hmm. um, and people forget that, and like, so they hold on to things, or they don't like, they don't let their expectations be known, yeah, or they don't like voice when they're not being met, or um, there isn't a like a joint communication to clearly define what an expectation might be yep. and that's in relationships work like so many facets of life yep. um, and I think yeah too many people just don't don't get on the same page with whoever that person is about what their expectation is and then that just manifests into um, disagreements or um, resentment silent resentment or you know and that just builds and builds mm. that's yeah And I get, it comes back to, you know, I'm not a mind reader. Mm. And that's, man, I'm absolutely loving this. All right. (laughs) All right. Tell me about uh, the biggest setback you've had. I think the biggest setback, it's probably something to deal with like every every other day is just a bit of imposter imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Just feeling like... Um, kind of in a position and living a life that perhaps I, you know, I always feel like I'm chasing to catch up to myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, uh, um, and that, I mean, I've been blessed to, to have opportunity to kind of progress career-wise and, um, and kind of try and um, channel all my experience into bettering myself. But um, it's still, yeah, you still sometimes... Um, reflect on where you're at or um especially on challenging days and just think you know maybe I'm not the right person for this like um especially when you are um you know when you are in a position where you are dictating other people's everyday life as well um and and I can look at my life and think um I mean sometimes I'll sit at home and watch other people on YouTube play video games and I think I'm not a man who <laughs> has his life in control if yeah. I sit and watch Warzone highlight clips. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but so yeah, I really do think that that's probably just something because um, I have been pretty fortunate otherwise. Um, obviously, had I've had some close relatives pass away, um, but personally, outside of a few broken bones and and things like that, there's not been a whole lot that slows me down. And then I guess that you know that that um, feeling of um, am I the right person? Like you do, um, you know, from time to time we'll get kind of rushes of um, anxiousness or like you know the standard four a.m. wake up and then you think about mm-hmm. the thing that you haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really in a place right now where I'm really trying to focus, and only recently really trying to focus some energy into, um, uh, yeah, just getting things done when they need to be done. Yeah. Um, I've got a new co-worker who just kind of introduced me to getting things done, the book. Yep. Um, and the process. Yep. And, and, you know, nothing hit me as hard as that, you know, if it, like, if it can be done in under three minutes, then do it right yep. there and then. Yeah. And I was just like, there's so many things 
that I just let accumulate, just not not just in work, but just general life that are less than three minute tasks that just stack and stack and stack and stack. And mm. then you go, how am I going to find an hour to do all these things mm. when really you just needed three minutes at the time that you first come across it? Yeah. So I'm going to suggest two books for you or two audio books for you to read, which is 10X by Grant Cardone. Yes. Uh, his is... The main thing he says is if you have, if there's something that you need to do or like something that you need to do tomorrow or something overall that you need to do, what's what's something you can do right now to get that ball rolling? And then what's something you can do tomorrow to get that ball rolling more? And then over the week, what's something I can do over this week to get that ball rolling? That's a really, really good one. And the other one I recommend is called The One Thing. Um, forgot who wrote it. Uh, really, really good. The biggest takeaway is... Make a list of 10 things that you need to get done and cull them down into five, mm-hmm. cull that into three, mm-hmm. and cull that into one. Yeah. And that's the thing that you yeah. should be doing. And it's just like, it, it sounds so simple. And like, I'm, we probably learned this stuff at school, to be honest. But mm. when you just like literally, to, to be productive, it's not about how much you have on your plate. It's about having the right things on your plate. So getting rid of all that excess stuff that you actually don't need to do. It's almost like a big one people do is like clean their house. Like, okay, yes, it's nice to have a nice clean house, but is that going to help me get to what I need to get done? Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So with your, in like, I guess your imposter syndrome or, you know, you chasing yourself, what, what do you do to like not let that get you down? Um, usually i probably just, um, I do... Yes, so I'm not kind of sitting in my head for too long, especially if I'm at work. I'll just try and um, perhaps um, work with another colleague and just kind of put my energy into yeah, some something with forward momentum mm-hmm. that just keeps keeps my objective propelling forward, mm-hmm. as opposed to getting too bogged down in my own head. Um, I just still think I think it's just. Um, I mean, I tell myself, uh, and it's funny because you do look at examples around the world, but I tell myself maybe I'm too young to be where I'm at, okay. you know, like I'm too young or I haven't had the experience, but, um, but you know, I've, I've worked with people that of all, you know, ages, demographics and, um, and you know, it seems like once you hit 18, it's like everyone's kind of, you know, like, it's just interesting. Like I remember when I was, uh, in year eight and I saw like a year 12, I was yeah. like, they are the oldest person, like, yeah. look at this person, like, yeah. You are like it was like you are in Hollywood movies. Like I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. And then, and then you leave school and like and you start to get to know your fa- like your parents on a different level, your mm. family, like just adults in general. And I know what I'm like now. Like I just said before, I watch bloody gamers on YouTube. Mm. That's what my like ten year old nephew does. Yeah, like yep. always wants to show me, and I'm just like, nah, like too busy. But it's like probably too busy because I need to go do that myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's yeah, it's just interesting. Um, yeah, it's interesting just how um, yeah, like you you don't really change <laughs> like you do, but like yeah, I I know what you mean. I'm gonna rewind. It it's what's coming to my head right now is when when you said you know you're in year eight and you look at those year twelves. I think that's really the first time you're introduced to like like a kid like not, I'm gonna say a kid, but like. They're so old, but you're in the same place with them. And so within those, like from year 8 to year 12, there's such a change in what you are as a person. Like you see, like you literally turn from like a boy to a man sort of thing. Like mm. there's such a, like there's people with beards at school. Yeah. And like In year 8? Yeah. Yeah. Like they've got their <laughs> sketchy caterpillar moustaches and stuff. And they like, 
and then also the, the the whole dynamic of the teacher student relationship like it's like I remember when I was in year 12 I was just giving my teachers such shit and they were just giving it back I'm like this yeah. is so much better than primary school like yeah it's like you knew that they had like that authority figure but you know you could you could play on it um mm. and I think now I'm just thinking about it like high school apart from you know there was like the academics and like the social aspect it's more like this is almost like the real world but you still got like a safety barrier in the teacher getting you to do shit mm. i guess yeah my, my biggest i guess my biggest more eye-opener was at uni when like you didn't submit something and no one came after you yeah um so that's what i'm just thinking now so yeah 18 is literally like it's it's all on like it's it's the cutthroat you got to perform otherwise no one's going to come come help you you know like yeah so yeah, that that's just what's going through my head at the moment. After, especially school, I, I'm I'm thinking now school is more important than almost ever to understand that this is like the change, the the growth period. It really is the growth period. Mm. But I guess you know that I did, and that's my fault. Digress from the original question and point, but it you know it, well, I guess what I was the point I was trying to make is that um, you know if it's not me, then who is it? If yeah. I'm not the right person, then who is? Yeah. Um, because I've seen people that have twice twice the amount of experience or age or, you know, life experience, uh, industry experience, mm. um, and I don't actually... When I'm there, it, I have those moments of realisation where I go, hey, I'm not, I'm not that far off the mark. Like, yeah. you know, um, if you give an honest assessment, you go, look, I, um, you know, you're always learning, but I actually think that I have absorbed quite a lot and... Mm. Um, and so then I guess there, there's moments like that which help level you out as well. Mm. Where you And then, um, yeah, and just feedback from colleagues. And obviously, um, you know, through your work, you just get to see, you get to measure your success and how things pan out and um, how it's received. Um, and so you do always have those constant reminders. But, yeah, certainly I think just... Yeah, you know, I guess I probably just sometimes let myself feel that anyway. Mm. Like you've got to sometimes just let feelings feel yeah you know just sit sit in it for a while and then there's going to be something that just triggers triggers you out of it and away you go to get in the position that you got into was it like an interview or credentials or how did you get to be you <laughs> uh, well my mum and my dad no <laughs> um no i just if yeah if i had to reflect back on on what i on my like career pathway I always just said yes to an opportunity yep. in the building. Yep. Um, you know, we, we were fortunate to do all kinds of different roles and I just tried to learn as many of them as I could. Mm. So I had the most well-rounded understanding um, of of what was required in other areas, what was what was basically the most efficient way mm -hmm. to success, mm -hmm. like to getting the job done. And initially that was kind of, um, I had, uh, you know, selfish intentions because there was one point where I would finish my work but someone else hadn't finished the, the next role yep. so I thought uh, and and then my um, manager would say no nah, look I'm just not sure if this is gonna you know if, if enough has been done so you just need to wait until that's done and I was like right I'm just gonna learn how to do that next job yeah so that when it's home time I can go home because yeah. I've I've helped out this other person like that. They can go home too. Like mm. you know, ultimately it's everyone you know everyone can go home. But I just don't have to stick around just because there's a bit of uncertainty. Let's just be sure of it. Yeah. And then jobs jobs done, and it just kind of grew from there. And 
um, yeah, just kind of bounced around the place. And then someone, um, well, my old boss, um, Jason Wallace, he moved over to AC Care down here um, just for something different for him because he'd done it for quite a while. And, yeah, I kind of got asked and, and he he had said, look, I'd, I'd recommend you. And um, I just think, uh, yeah, and then that's when I, and, and uh, you know, from there that's where this whole imposter syndrome has been born because I still, I remember those that time and go, nah, like, mm. I'm not ready for this. Mm. But then not the, my other, my other, um, other side goes, if not me, then who? I was going to say, because it sounds like you, you're having, not difficulty owning that you know how to do everything, but like, it's like, because you've done everything that you, you know, that, that needs to be learned in the role, you're almost like, you know how people hate taking a compliment? It's mm. like, you, you've, you can compliment everyone, not as in compliments in like, oh, mm. you did yeah, a good yeah. job, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got, control but you don't want to not admit that you've got control but you know that it sounds like you're what's the word I'm looking for like you, yeah you, you think you are an imposter and I guess if you keep thinking about that every second day or every other day do you almost like think that you are an imposter you know? <laughs> does that make sense imposterception yeah um, yeah oh sorry before before you go because I, I know a lot of people will like they'll say oh let's I'll just take health and fitness I'm not fit Mm. And so they'll, that's it. That's their first anchor that they've got. Mm. And then they might go for a walk and like, oh, I can't do that. Mm. Like, like just before we started, it's like you said to me, hey, we should have gone for a run. I'm like, I can't run. When clearly I can run. Yeah. Um, it's just that, you know, like they, they didn't want to own that they, you know, I don't know. It's just this, I don't know, my head's shooting all synapses and stuff going on in my head. And it's just like, it sounds like you're more than capable for the job, but you don't like the compliment knowing that you are good. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah, it's probably, well, yeah. Has anyone said to you, good job? Well, I, I like, I do work well with the team that I have and I do get, you know, that they say, you know, they put trust in me mm. and there's like, they you know, have verbalized trust and respect to me. Um, so obviously <laughs> I've earned that. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, like, you know, it, I, I do think that. I do think I do think I have the skills, the mm. knowledge, the experience to do the job that I do, um, but I guess it's just um, I probably just like well, I'm sure there's others like when you get into a position of prominence or leadership, and yeah, there's some that might um, there's some that might warm to that or that you know that's you know I guess for me it was like, that is you know that is the position that I do have do want and have aspired to have because I. Um, ultimately, because I think I have ways that I can help a group of people come together and achieve a common objective. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, it was never, um, it's not, it was never, I was never motivated to big note myself, mm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, well, not that I feel anyway. Um, and that's not how I view myself now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably because I, I probably just try and view myself more in, in like, um, the bald bearded guy with tattoos and a singlet walking down the street as opposed to like the professional yeah, yeah the businessman professional yep and so I can kind of maybe maybe that just makes me feel more comfortable yep that, like because it puts less expectation you know if I view myself as this just this guy with tattoos that you know what I mean like yeah 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 it, it maybe that's just some way that I help like lift expectation off my own shoulders because I go don't take yourself so seriously yep 
Maybe. I don't know. I've never really thought about this. So when you when you dress to go to work, yeah. do you like change your, your attitude and tones? Like, okay, work time, and then say when you get home and you you flick the the Gucci loafers <laughs> off, that it's time to chill. Or, uh, yeah, probably. But I am um, I do try and have like, you know, uh, an open kind of relationship with people at work too. Mm-hmm. Like, there's times, um, you know, there's obviously times for for serious manner and mm-hmm. um and it's business time mm-hmm. um but you know uh in this episode of cliches it's work work is what we do not who we are and yeah. i try and bring that mantra to work mm-hmm. because i understand that the people i work with um have passions interests um priorities responsibilities mm-hmm. outside of when they're in that office yep um and so probably you know and that, so that probably creates a bit more it's a bit more loosey-goosey, a bit mm-hmm. of fun, mm-hmm. like try and think of different ways just to keep it light. and um, But without being like, without trying to be too generic for lack of a, like just trying to be authentic. Because yeah. I think if, if I just went in and tried to act like I'm creating Google, you know, and like have this, have that, like how good's, how good's this workplace? But mm. it's just, it's such a gimmick. Yeah. Like I think, you know, culture grows organically mm-hmm. and the little things will amount to a big change if if done right. Yeah. So, you know, while I could do a grand gesture or, or yeah, or something a bit novelty, I think ultimately just making, you know, if we're all just comfortable with each other and know a bit about, you know, know a bit about the people behind the roles, mm-hmm. I think that's a, you know, more of a fast track to building a, a good culture. Yeah. I was going to say... Sort of, sort of a tangent, but not really. When the best bosses that I've ever had realise that their employees are human, mm. and that you know they make mistakes, like I mean, obviously if you make the same mistake over and over again, you should get hounded for that. But you know that first, that first little fuck up, it's you know that's the learning experience. And like, there are days when you're not going to feel tip top, so you shouldn't have to like you know if you just want to be like left alone and and, you know, just deal with what you have to deal with rather than, you know, be social and stuff like that. Or if you just want to hang out with someone, like I've just noticed the bosses that, you know, accept me for being a human rather than, you know, like, yes, there is, like you said, there is a time to be serious in like workplace mode, but for the most part, it should be casual, fun, jokester, you know, like, and I think, yeah, the, the a boss that can can see that rather than, like you said, gimmicky, like, oh, get a bloody cookie, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's, I think that's really, really important. And like, if, if you've identified that now and can, you know, accommodate your staff that way, then I think that's, you're more than, like I said, I don't think you give yourself enough credit for what you do. I think, I've, yeah, well, like I said, I'm trying to grow, grow I think, uh, organization and, and having the, when, when it's time to be, uh, the big bad boss. That's still a room I need to to grow in because um, because that's leadership as well. Mm. You know, it's not just all about happy family. Sometimes yeah. things need to be done. But you know, and I've kind of noticed that having uh, working alongside someone new um, at the moment, um, you know, that I would say that you know my experience is the sum of my mistakes, not my triumphs. Mm. So what I'm trying to impart, you know, if if I can just help um, give them shortcuts. That, yep. So that they don't make the same mistakes I had to make because you, you do learn from mistakes, but and, and they you know 
they will make their own mistakes and they yep. will learn from those. But if there's little ones that I can avoid in the meantime, yep. um, you know, just to, whether that helps with their confidence, just gives them the knowledge so they simply don't have to make the mistake, yep. you know, like then, um, then hopefully they progress a lot quicker as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's sick. I, I like that a lot. All right. What excites you? Um, I think, well, probably the first and foremost is getting home at the end of the day and or waking up in the morning and seeing the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a really good leveller. Sometimes I don't get home in time to see them at night and then I'm like, I want to go in and wake them up. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not the uh, smart thing to do, but um, yeah, just like watching them grow and become their own little people, um, that's pretty exciting. Obviously, you put a, like well, um, I was gonna say you put a lot of investment in like emotional, but you you put everything into that. Yeah. Like that that is, it is funny how the like how vulnerable you become um, once you have kids. Like yeah. How the everything just yeah, it just seems like it just breaks down this. You know, you at one point you felt stronger and braver and more independent and all of a sudden you're just that little bit more apprehensive mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily in a restrictive way but you just certainly do feel this there's more like there's more uh, there's more reason for you to be here yep. and to be happy and to be um, you know engaging with with your family or you know um, does it just put things in perspective like what's actually precious yeah it I don't want to sit here and talk like everyone should have kids and like I'm above people because I have kids. Yeah, yeah. Cause, and that's what I'm very conscious of because I don't think that at all. I think everyone should make their own decisions and for some people, perhaps a family, um, you know, that's a decision they have made and it hasn't panned out in the way that they hoped or it's been, you know, been a challenge and it is a challenge. But certainly for me, it's something I, you know, I always wanted. Mm-hmm. That's the reason we stopped the band not not necessarily that, but, you know, for us, we reached a point with the band where it was like, I needed to basically quit work mm-hmm. because our tour schedule would be that frequent. Mm-hmm. Like, not every week, but, like, I wouldn't have any leave left. And um, and also, I saw what other people were making. And, it, you know, we would tour with American bands and they would go home to mum and dad's basement and, you know, and have the clothes on their back kind of thing. Yep. So you could see, the you know, we could work for another three or four years and that's where we kind of end, might end up yep. if we're lucky. Yep. Um, and I know that, yeah, for myself and, and a couple of others, it was certainly, um, you know, having a family and having and, and buying a home was just a was just a a goal, I guess. It was more important. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was like how you know we've had our fun. Like, let's go out on our own terms and then just move on to the next. Yeah. Goals like challenge. Yeah. And so that's yeah and. Um, and so that's been a rewarding step and yeah, I just think, yeah, it does put everything into perspective. Like, um, like I said, it just makes you feel more vulnerable. I certainly, um, it like just it certainly softens you. I was already a bit soft, but mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, there's just some things, um, and like some people's journeys and spe- like, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, know of people with, um, you know, the child's got health issues and things like that. And that's just, yeah, like I can't even fathom to really talk about it or think about it. Um, and let alone what they're actually, you know, let alone their experience. Mm. Um, but just how, yeah, like I said, how vulnerable I, I do feel. Um, so yeah, that's a pretty big one.
Um, probably on a less serious note, um, just getting out and going for runs. Like, I'm into my running a fair bit and just being able to, like we're sitting up here now at the, the lakes to go behind the fourth wall. Yep. Um, just to be able to run through these trails, like, at, you know, this time of day, like mid-afternoon, um, it can sound pretty, again, cliche, but like when you're just cruising down through nature through some of these trails, it, it is like being a kid again. Like you've, you know, you you kind of hike your way up a hill and then you get to go down the other side yep. and just cruise like you're on, like on a, a little toboggan or something like that, yep. you know, and um, yeah, and you just, there's that element of seclusion, like you could be listening to music, podcasts, whatever, um, but just, yeah, just kind of getting out and nature and just getting away and you know i guess we're kind of born to run and move and yeah that's that's how i get to do it so i've got to ask when you are on a run do you like say if you've got music or a podcast Mm -hmm. do you listen to that or do you just is that just in the background and you've just got thoughts going through your head or is it a bit of both sometimes or what um it depends. Sometimes, so yeah, for the most part, I feel like I do listen and I do really soak it up. I've listened to a few Just Chats episodes out in the trails. Beautiful. Um, and it was actually really interesting. Like, there's just some of those early episodes with people I don't even, like, I don't know. Yeah. But I found, like, it's just one of those things where, um, probably what you get, like, you know, mum and dad will say, like, a mum and dad will say something to a kid, but if it comes from Mr. Mo, yeah. like, we'll listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's a bit like that with, like, local people. Like, these, the concepts and kind of even what we're talking about, like, there's a lot of kind of self-help and, like, um, business-related, mm. like, messages. But when you hear it from people in the same town, ta- like, the same town, living the same experience, it just cuts that much deeper. Mm. Like, mm. as opposed to listening to, like, you know, some New York best-selling author, yeah. who, like, on Joe Rogan. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, I get it. He's got the he's got the tools, but this person, like I've seen them down the street. Yeah, I can go to their shop, or I can yeah. go talk to them, like in real life. Like, yeah, I yeah. know what you mean. And and so, yeah, like just so I feel like it, maybe even just that in itself, like makes it more engaging. Like makes me really sit back and take notice. And um, but other times I'll listen to like comedy podcasts or like some music, and it, depending on the effort level I'm giving, like it'll get really annoying. Okay. And I'll be like, right, headphones off. Yeah. Like, yep. that's pissed me off. Like, yep. it's just maybe probably because I'm working hard or it's just like, I'm not in the mood for this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just a click of the button and it goes. But it's, it is interesting. Like, um, mm. I have, yeah, I think, I do think the, you know, exercising, it's almost like it, um, like, even if it was just a walk, like, I'm sure, you know, you're just kind of in, it, it just heightens. Yeah, perhaps everything like the blood's flowing. You're just kind of a bit more attentive. Mm, mm. Like I'm, and so I, I do feel that it does. You know, I am able to stay engaged. Yep. Um, and listen in and kind of soak it in, and you know, I find myself I'll be like laughing, just half. You know, I'll be out there and I'll start laughing at something yeah. funny, or you know, almost like shaking your head, like nodding along, like yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. <laughs> nice. Has there been anything that's kept you up at night? Um, yeah, probably work, obviously, is the, the main one. Just that, kind of what we've spoken about before, but, yeah, also just, yeah, a combination of perhaps thinking, you know, or how do I approach this situation? Am I the right person to approach this situation? And that combination of why didn't I do that mm. two weeks ago in the three minutes that I had yep. to do it? Yeah. So it really is, um, you know, th- there's a lot of that, that that goes on these days, um, aside from... 
kids not wanting to sleep. That uh, yeah, <laughs> that keeps I, did, me up at night. Just, so. I, okay, so with a lack of sleep, say, I mean, I, again, I'm I'm yet to have kids or don't have kids of my own, but I feel like because I obviously know how important sleep is to perform, and if I'm even if I don't get a good enough sleep, and I have to go into a classroom of kids to teach, it's like this is so taxing. Let alone, how is it as for what your role? If you don't go in with enough sleep or you don't feel like you're well rested, how does the rest of your day pan out? Like. Does it just like, do you like put on a front or like, how do you, how do you go about that? Um, well, first probably been pretty lucky with our, like our girls both sleep pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of, especially my oldest Harriet, she was like, she just everything, you know, sleep all, like sleep all night from yep. birth, like all the, all the, ticked all the boxes. Yep. Rory's been a bit of a different kind of, you know, all the things that we were fortunate enough to miss out on the first time. She's just come in and said, this is what it's like. Okay. Um, and then obviously um, wife Lynn's helps out a lot, does a bulk of that, um, especially in those early days when I was working and she was um, recovering and caring for the kids as well. She shouldered the load of the yep. <laughs> of that. But, yeah, it's, it's I, I find and... Um, as much as I enjoy the job, I sometimes wish I went a different path for two reasons. One, to not have a job where I have to sit all day. Yep. I'm just very, it's very stationary in a bad position and I have zero flexibility because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just because it's all in front of a screen. Yep. Um, so there's things I can do to obviously break that up and break up my day, but especially on days when you're fatigued like mentally mm-hmm. and that also go, plays into diet like if I have something that's going to trigger a like a th- like dive in the afternoon yeah like I will feel it like a freight train yeah um yeah and there's no real pick me up like um there's no real pick me up from that and sometimes you just have to grind it through um you know the, the best days I have at work and it, it does come back down like like if I just come in with intent, like, and that's almost where I feel like I almost overcompensate on the days when I'm probably least prepared to do so, mm-hmm. just to like come in and be like, right, write a list, you know, like get these, get like, let's just get these few things out of the way and we're away. Yeah. And probably on the days, like, for the most part, yeah, those days where I'm actually operating like suboptimally, like, mm-hmm. is where I actually put more effort into, um, into what my day looks like and getting into my day, which doesn't, you know, so I'm not, and then those days where I feel good, like sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's, it works work, but other days, yeah, like it might just be a bit, bit of a slower, slower start to the day. And mm-hmm. it's just like, where's that hustle? Where's the energy? Like, yeah, <laughs> from, yeah. from those crap days. Um, but that's, that is the juggling act that we have to do. I oftentimes, before I go to school, if I have the intention that, like, this is going to sound, again, cliche, lame, shit, whatever, but I'm like, if I already go and, like, there's some classes that I dread because there's particular students that are just, like, challenging, I'll say. Mm. And if I go and go, oh, shit, I've got to deal with so-and-so today, I notice that the rest of my day then turns into, oh, shit, but if I go in with, like, the, today's going to be sick. I'm just going to be, like, a jokester and, like, you know, play around and have a good time. They're the days that are, like, go super quick and, like, the kids listen. 
you know, it's almost like they can read, I think there was, oh, there's some stat where it's something like, again, I think it's from one of these, I think it might be there, there's a book called uh, Johnny Johnny Communicate or something like that. It's clearly not called Johnny Johnny Communicate. Anyway, long story short, it's like 75% of your body language um, determines or your demeanor of how people are going to receive your message. And so if you go in all mopey and sad and like, oh, this is the worst, then like the kids will see that and then just be like, eh, we can like, like break him. But yeah. <laughs> if you go in and be like, like sick and like, oh, today's good. Like, you know, let's, let's get this done. It's, it's, it just works. Like, and again, it just, I don't know why it works and why those things are, but people read people like at the end of the day. And yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, just going in with a, a positive attitude or like, you know, setting that intention, like today is going to be good. Mm-hmm. It's usually a good day. Yeah. And I've had that like, you know, some of the most kind of pressure, like it needed to be done yesterday situations I've been in. Mm. Um, with a group of people, like, it really is, like, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. So, yeah. like, everyone just understands the situation we're in. Yeah. Like, everyone understands perhaps, or, you know, it might even be, like, pointing fingers, like, you know, the blame game's going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But really, at the end of the day, everyone's like, it does, like, none of that matters right now. Yeah. Because we just need to get the job done. Yeah. Like, like, so, to a point, you almost take the piss. Yeah. Like, you're focused, you're getting the job done. But that interaction is a bit of a piss take mm. because you're like, if we don't do this, we're just going to be at each other's necks. Yeah. Like, and then what does that achieve? Like, that just makes this stressful situation just such... More shit. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like, you know what? Let's just laugh it off. And like, yeah, we'll debrief. Like, we'll do, <laughs> afterwards we'll go, okay, what did we learn? Let's make sure <laughs> that doesn't happen again. But in the moment, like, if you just start going at each other, like, you know, that's that can be irreversible. Like, you just got to... It's like we're all here for a common goal. Like we, mm. so let's just get the job done, and then yeah. Post, post trauma. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, you know, then break it down and and try and fix it for next time. The first thing that came into my head when you said we're at each other's necks and stuff like that, and this is again completely off tangent, but it makes me think of TV shows like Married at First Sight and like Love Island and the Lovers in Paradise, sort of Bachelors in Paradise, and it's literally such a chaotic. You did this, you slept with him and all that stuff and nothing ever, like, clearly their relationships and everything turned to shit. Mm. Like, I don't know, that's just, that's got nothing to do with anything, but that's what just came to my head. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah, you're just in it. Yeah, um, and I mean, that's that's why people watch it. That's why they've got producers that create it. Yeah. It, it is just drama and people just want to kind of see it. But, you know, when you are at the epicenter of the drama... Mm. Um, unless you're on that show and trying to make a name for yourself, yeah, but yeah. in you know in the workplace or in you know in life, um, you know I think you just have to look for solutions. You yeah. can't you just, like you just have to be solutions based in those moments mm. and be like, right, how do we get past it? And then you know if it requires, then reflect on it and yeah. and break you know break it down that way because mm-hmm. otherwise, like, like I said, like you can ruin relationships, friendships, um, working like a working environment yeah if you can't in that moment put emotion aside yeah and just go you know and i think i mean i guess taking the piss and having a bit of fun is you know is a bit of an emotional thing as like you know to the other point like you're just kind of um trying to lighten the mood and i don't you know you'll certainly read if someone is not vibing on that um but i certainly think you know if you're not going to go either way just stay neutral and just let's keep focused and you know, let's be short and concise and what is the task at hand? I guess it comes back to really like the start of our chat, which is, you know, 
in that like jokester and you know like smart arsery like um you know and like uh, what were the words you're saying to describe it i've just had a complete... taking the piss yeah taking the piss yeah. um that's a positive thing so you're replacing that negativity like that negativity we said before with that mm. positive that positive mindset and so even though you know yes it is jokey but jokey is like when you think of jokey it's a, it's a good thing mm. um and even if it's like you know at a subconscious level like oh he put do you want seven sugars in my coffee like you know it's just like um, okay that was the shittest yeah. example in the world um but you know what i mean like it's just laughs yeah new show just, i'm gonna start a stand-up <laughs> podcast now jesus christ all right but yeah uh, yeah it's just it's just replacing that emotion with like a positive emotion so yeah all right uh, do you read um not really and i've got my own good joke about this one take it away no it's not very uh no i just uh listen to a lot of audio books because I read all day so I don't like to take uh, yeah. so I like to take that home with me and um, and I just find it like you know for when I'm running and just even just at home like mm-hmm. um, sitting about like there's something on TV that doesn't really interest me um, I just find it's just a different way to absorb it and uh, you know that said I do I've got a bit of a reading list at the moment I have been inspired in part two by just chats, just listening to people and book recommendations. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I certainly think I need to read more, just get away from this, like, because, you know, what's the alternative is oh, I can listen to an audio book, but at the same time, I can also scroll through Instagram yeah. or watch TV. Yeah. Like, you know, like, whereas when you read, like, you know, you have that voice, you've got the narrator in your head. <laughs> yeah, and, you're, and you're holding it. Yeah, and you're holding it and you're reading it. And so all your senses are tuned in except for your you, you know, put some headphones on, yeah. like some earmuffs, but you're, you're just tuned into those pages. And I think that's what I need to get back to. Um, but I do have some recommendations. Yeah, go. What, what, what are you reading or what, what do you recommend? I've heard this a, a couple of times recommended. And I don't think you've listened to it yet. You may have, but uh, Can't Hurt Me. Goggins. Yep. David Goggins. Yep. The audio book, I could not recommend it enough. I've listened to that time and time again. Um, probably overselling it. The audiobook is really good because it almost turns like podcast between each chapter mm-hmm. where he where where David comes in and he'll um, he'll talk about I guess lessons from that chapter based on his personal experience he'll you know it is just goes into a pocket like it just turns into he adds on to stories gets asked some questions that relate to certain incidents but um, I just think the transformation that he's had like from where he started to where he is now and um, you don't obviously have to go to the extremes that he does, mm. um, but I certainly think there's just there's just a lot of lessons in there, and it kind of reminds me. And there was a it, this wasn't a book, but there was a a guy um, who recently just finished up doing a hundred um, Ironmans in a hundred days. His name was Matthew Mark. No, <laughs> <laughs> so James Lawrence. He's the Iron Cowboy, so he's quite well known in Ironman. He couldn't use Iron due to trademarks and stuff, which I think was stupid on their part, he couldn't call them Ironmans. So it was, um, what do you call them? Iron, his nickname's Iron Cowboy. Iron Cowboy Distance Triathlons. So I think it's a 4K swim, 180K bike ride, and then a, four, and a marathon, 42K run. So 100 days 100 in a row. 100 days in a row. Yeah. And so he just finished that up last week. And so his 100th day, like, he finishes at his high school, at a high school football, like, a track, sorry. And he's, like, running around this, like, COVID does not exist. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> There's yeah. people everywhere. Um, lots of people must be vaccinated. But he like runs through, like huge finish, like all emotional, like huge. And then 
um, yeah, day 100, like it's been building up, like um, everyone knew it was going to happen. Like that final week was just huge. Like there's people in his hometown, I think he lives in Utah or, or somewhere like that, but yep. it was just, anyway, it's huge. But then the next day he comes out, um, like the next morning, like I wake up or, and overnight he's like gone live at 5am and he's out doing his 100, like he's swimming and like no one knows, like they think it's all in at 100 and he does his 101st. It yeah. was all just like down low, like just did one more. Like he was collapsing on day 100 in his run. He's just cramping and he, so he was just falling. He had people like, you know, running kind of with their arms in front of him because he was just cramping. It was very, it was very intense finish. But then, um, yeah, he just went out and did one more. And that was purely his message was you can always do one more. Yo. And I really feel like that's what Goggins' book is about too. It's like, it's not asking you to do this huge, it's not asking you to do what he did and run a, 100 miles off two days notice when you're overweight and all of that yeah. or, or like go back through buds time and time again because things keep getting in your way all he's saying is just like strive that a little bit more mm. he says it in a lot more not safe for work friendly yes. <laughs> phrasing but you read it and like you look at people like James Lawrence and you just go like these people are like, I just think that you can't get any more inspiring than that mm. like when people are just um, pushing the limits of human potential um, and whether that be at an elite level like James Lawrence or whether that be David Goggins when he's overweight off the couch going, you know what, I like, you know, he, he ran this 100, 100 mile off two days notice because he, he needed to do that to qualify to enter these bigger races where he wanted to raise money um, for veteran foundations, like, yep. um, like charity. And so he went, yeah, in two days notice went, you know what, like, I'm just going to go do it. And, you know, like, that's just, like, you know, the willpower, like, to go, yeah, off a couch. <laughs> That's skits. And then just, and it was around a um, high school track as well. So like 160Ks around a loop. Like. Man, I, I definitely have to, I've almost finished the book I'm reading now, so. I'll have to, I'll have to so that's, it. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and the other book I like is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Yep. Um, and Leif Babin, I should plug both. But I just think that concept in itself, and if you don't want to read the book, just go watch just type in Jocko Extreme Ownership TED Talk and he tells one of the most, like one of the key stories from that book in like a 13 minute TED Talk. And I can give you the cliff notes right now. <laughs> but it, Extreme Ownership is basically just, is is what it sounds. Yep. Like, you know, a lot of people just try, try, you know, their first instinct is to assign blame. Ultimately, you just need to go, what role did I play in that? Look, it, like I have, I played a role in that mm. regardless, like mm. whether or not it was actually, you know, you physically made that mistake or, um, you know, there would have been some way that you could have influenced that situation better. Mm. And if you are in, uh, if you are a leader, uh, you know, um, or you, you would like to be, or I think just anyone in general, you really just need to have extreme ownership because what you're doing is you're owning up to your own shortcomings. Mm. So whether that be in, you internalize that and go, right, I need to improve on this or whether you put it out there, um, because if you do put it out there, ultimately the people that you are dealing with, um, you know, the person, the people that you perhaps take the blame for or, you know, you take ownership of a group's error, you know, they're going to trust you a lot more because they know you're not going to throw them under the bus. Yeah. Like you're part of the, it's a team. Yeah. And like the team lives and dies by the sword together. Yeah. And then the people, um, you know, the people um, up the chain, they probably know, look, I know that this guy didn't do it. Like, I know that ultimately he didn't do that mistake, like, physically. 
but he's prepared to, you know, to, to take the ownership and, um, and to lead his team. Like you get that respect from them as well mm. because they know like this guy, he's not here to just point the finger and throw someone, you know, th- throw someone else under the bus. Like, yeah. Um, so it applies in, you know, and there's exceptions to the rule. I understand that, but I just think more people need to have extreme ownership and less, uh, finger pointing. There's two things that came to mind is, you know, when there's that saying, when you point the finger, there's three pointing back at you. Uh, and the other thing was when people are, um, I guess, presented or they, they come to a, a situation that, you know, they don't want to own, the first, like, real emotion that they get is fear. Mm. And there's two ways you can break up that acronym, which I've, I've learned from Joseph Menzel, and he owns Massive Joe's, and he's got a great podcast as well. But he says there's, like, two ways you can deal with fear, which is to forget everything and run, which is obviously, you know, the, I guess you could classify that as the weaker option. Um, and the one to, like, I guess it comes back to Jocko's thing, which is that ownership is to face everything and rise. And mm. it's like, how can we deal with this and, you know, stamp out this problem and th- the issue that we've got by, you know, facing it head on instead of forgetting about it. So, yeah, those those are the two things that I've just thought about from, from the Jocko spiel. But it's, Yeah, there's one, like, really good point I like, or one interesting point. Um, but everyone should go get the book. Shout out, use code. Just shout chat, out, shout just out, chat Pink, <laughs> Penguins books. Uh, yeah. Put in uh, just chat uh, for ten percent. Um, but there's you know there's one part in there that talks about um, how leaders and manipulators are the same. You're both trying to get people to do something for you. Yep. Um, you know, and you will use um, you will lean into people's um, egos mm. and like you will and and there's a bit of you know there's politics in behind decisions you'll make mm-hmm. to get them to achieve what you want so you're still playing games and that can sound you know that all sounds very manipulative but I guess you know the difference it's pretty simple the difference between a leader is um, the leader is doing this to achieve a result for the team yeah not for themselves yeah a manipulator will do that to achieve a result for themselves yeah not the team so it's you got to. You just really need to think about that if you're out there in in the position, I guess, like that, and go, "Am I a leader or a manipulator?" Yeah, because it's, it's it all sounds the same until you get right to the pointy end. Boom goes the dynamite. <sighs> all right, man. What do you genuinely not understand? I have heard this one, and I was really stuck with it. Um, I don't understand this question. And I just listened to Kyra's episode before, and I think the point about cryptocurrency, yeah, very valid. I've got no idea. Yeah, lots, lots of people out there just posting graphs of arrows pointing upwards and memes and, and Elon and, and yeah, dogs. Yeah, and, and they look like and ass with two double dollar signs yep. and I'm just like what is going on yeah there's a meme currency out there but um so I certainly think that's that's definitely one yep um I don't know there's yeah it's just a lot of things I don't understand like um that's a very broad answer to, to the is. question but it is um I think a better way to put this that I've I want to like after obviously doing these a couple of times I, I want to start rephrasing the questions which would be what do you not want to invest in? Probably drama. Yep. Like, if I had to give an honest answer about something that um, 
something that would actually impact my life daily, mm-hmm. um, it would be drama. And I just don't understand why some people will seek it out. Yep. Um, or I don't understand how sometimes... I mean, I, I, I do understand. I do understand that it's obviously like um, there's emotions involved. People's feelings are genuine about a certain, you know, a certain action. And especially if it's something maybe I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my head, and this can be hard to kind of reconcile with people, like to me, it's not that big a deal. Um, or like it's not something that we can't, we can't move past almost immediately mm. or there's not a solution waiting and then let's just keep going. Like, yep. why, does, why do we have to... Um, and that is in, yeah, that's in so many aspects of life, like where you'll find people with drama or you'll just, you know, I'll hear about people having drama. I'll use an example and I don't want to put you offside with your employer. Go um, for it. But there's another gym opening in town mm. um, at the moment mm. and... I see comments straight away. People are like, oh, another gym. Like, and, um, and people have their own thoughts and all of that on that. But then I look at the other side and I'm like, well, hang on. Our city has one of the highest rates of, of adult obesity out there. Yep. So it's like, why not another gym? Like, yeah. why not? If, if everyone can find a way to make it work and they get to pursue their passion in the time that they're here, like, yeah, why not? I, Again, I think we, have, we talked about it earlier. Like people have got to focus on their own front yards when they do that. Mm. Like there's a there's a way to go about it. Um, but you know, a lot of this comes from just like um, just from the average person. Like they don't have any investment either way. Mm. It's just like, well, you know, why not let them go and do what they want to do yeah. and let them, you know, um, you know, go all in. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's with any business. That's with any, like, um, that's with oof. You know, like, you just went... <laughs> yeah, just... But, it, but, you know, you had an idea. Like, it's not... It, like, like you've admitted, it's not... It wasn't a brand new idea. No. But it was no. something different for here. And you yeah. had a passion for it. Yeah. And you went all in. I did go all in. Um, I check, think... Check, check out the episode. Um, oof goes poof. Yeah. Uh, discount code. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think... I think the biggest thing I've learned, especially especially from learning, like, from doing oof... And it's that there is literally enough pie for everyone to eat. Yeah. But business or business doesn't want other people to have the pie mm. because they think that once the pie's gone, that's it. But there's the pie's a big pie. Mm. And I'm at the moment, I'm just trying to say pie as many times as I can <laughs> in this sentence. Um, but go to pie face, uh, yeah. <laughs> go just chest in. But yeah, there's, there's, there's just. And it just and it just comes to be like survival. Like if I can get that person to sign up, or if I can do that, and I, I don't invest. I just like that goes back to me not understanding it. I don't invest. I just my job is to do what I do at work. That's it. I think like yeah, there's so many places that there's so many businesses and ideas here that are just um, that have so much passion behind them, mm. and the own like to me aside from some, obviously some bad internal workings, like the only thing that can really bring them unstuck is if they start looking next door. Like yep. as soon as they just start, as soon as their priority comes, becomes what's that person doing or mm-hmm. how does that affect me rather than focusing on what am I bringing to the people that are in my circle? Mm. Like, because again, it just creates drama. And once drama starts, people feed off drama, then your name goes from being associated with... Um, 
this positive aspect of someone's day to, oh, I did hear about such and yeah. such beefing it up. Yeah. Like, and I know it's hard. Like, that's why I deleted Facebook about six years ago because yeah. I thought, because I could not, in my, like, people were living, so many people were living rent-free in my head. Yeah. <laughs> like, because I would see people, and it's not to say that I thought I was, obviously, I, no, no, I thought I was right in, my, like, my views that I wanted to mm-hmm. express, but at the end of the day, I knew it wasn't going to change a thing. So I just went, hit delete, because what, like, these people are entitled to feel the way and say, express themselves how they want, hit delete, because regardless of what I, like, my values and what I think is right, it's not going to change it. No. Um, and I do think that discussion and conversation is healthy, but you're like, what are we going to achieve over Facebook? And that's kind of, I think these kinds of beefs, you know, they are kind of social media driven and like, it's oh, yeah. just hearsay and things like that. And so I think, you know, like just focus on all the good that you're doing. Yeah. A big, if you haven't listened to Danny Kennedy's podcast, I'd highly recommend you not, okay, after you listen to this one, go back and listen to Danny's, but a big thing he's My cousin says, Danny. His cousin Danny, <laughs> P.S. not cousin, um, is the biggest thing he learned, especially being in the PT business that he's in and like online podcasting and stuff like that is once you stay in your lane and like you know you're in your lane, there's no point looking in the other lanes because you look at the Olympic sprinters, like look, okay, well, look at Usain Bolt. Did he ever look at whoever ran next to him? Well, apart from the fact he was like Didn't several, he, he got that good photo where he was smiling. He did, yeah, okay, that was once off, but and like I think there's that photo of Phelps, um, where he's like dominating and the other guy's like like looking at him winning, and it goes okay. There's two things I'm gonna say there. Um, losers focus on winners, winners focus on winning, hmm. and yeah, staying in your lane and you know on your purpose is what you should be doing if you want to achieve greatness. And I think it's important too if you're new or like even if you're just going through a phase of like. Um, of analysing your business or your idea or whatever, like mm. you, you need to, you need to know what your lane is. Yeah, like so many people don't know what their lane is, and yeah. so what they'll do is they'll they'll have surges of energy into a direction and then change it every like, and then a lull and then a surge in another direction. Mm. It's like fine, and that's why like, I, yeah, I just could not implore people enough that are in these positions of owning businesses or have their own ideas, like to just stay your own course and like find your lane. Yep. and just all energy into that because I would hate to see people come undone just for the sake of a bit like because of drama like because there's just there's too many good things happening here yeah for the drama to get in the way yeah I support that 100% alright man last deep question I guess you could say what was your biggest loss or what has been the biggest loss in your life so far um well, I've lost all my grandparents, and yes. I think that would certainly, certainly be it. Um, especially, well, obviously, progressively over as you get older, like you understand, um, you understand the circle of life a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I lost a couple of grandparents at a young age, and I understood they died, and I wouldn't see them again. Um, but then, you know, as you get older, like. You know, there's family politics involved in, like, the you know, as someone deteriorates and, like, you just, you know, all of that starts becoming a thing and that just adds a whole new level of stress into a situation where it's, like, you know, really tarnishes, like, yep. you know, it just tarnishes a relationship. Like, yep. you can't avoid it because it's a, it's a family thing. Um, and I know that's, like, I haven't been alone in that, but probably, like, the biggest loss, I think, you know, not to... Not to play favourites, but my 
um, my was the last grandparents die, which was my pop. Um, and I think that was, you know, at that stage I'd had, um, well, Lindsay and I had had Harriet and my sister had had their little girl, Sophia. So we had sent, like, that was, you know, great grandchildren. Like we had, for our, like us siblings, that was the first, you know, the first lot. Um, and so just to see them like, get, you know, they got to a point where they could talk to him and like they knew pop and they would point to the picture on the fridge and say, that's pop. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and like you've grown up alongside these people and you just want your, like you've, you've valued them in your life so much that you just want your kids to have that same experience and, and they will through hopefully through our parents, mm. but our parents weren't that person. It was their parents. Yeah. Yeah. And so you just, yeah, you just kind of almost like want that to continue with that. Like, you know, that was what they did. Um, and then I probably like really felt that one, um, a couple of years ago, like had a bit of success with footy, fortunately mm-hmm. with North Gambia and, um, every year after the grand final, like we'd go down and pot would be sitting in his corner at the bar, just right at the club rooms there, right in the corner of the bar. Um, was his corner where he sat. We'd always get a photo with a medal. And then the last one that we played, um, he had died. So he didn't, he didn't, well, he wouldn't have known that I was playing football that year after having a year off. And, um, obviously, yeah, obviously then to have success. Um, and I just remember, uh, like, you know, as soon as the siren kind of went, everyone's kind of celebrating. And I just remember, like, it was like, I feel like that's when it hit me. Yeah. That he was gone. I just remember, like, like, I was down the other end of the field from where everything kind of was and just, Strolled on down saying, I'm his pop. And, you know, I was a 30-year-old man. Just yeah. like, but I just, in that moment, was like the five-year-old kid that he took to school. Yep. And that was really tough. Because, um, I mean, I, yeah, obviously felt it and had some bad moments with that, especially just with, like, the kids just, like, as much as it was my loss, just having them as well. Like I said, mate, like earlier, makes you a bit softer. But yeah, just in that moment, it's like, you know, it's such a high after such a hard year. Mm. Like, you know, when you, when you play sport, you know, to have that ultimate success. But for me, it was just, yeah, like that was all I could think about in that moment was just, you know, that was for him. That was the whole reason I kind of played for the club in the first place. And yeah. that was like the, um, yeah, like he'd been there for every other one. Yeah, and that was so that, that not having there for that one, you know, just made it did make a difference. Like I said, I think just from having the kids as well, like just that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that comes back to like another guest that we had. I mean, similar sort of thing that like it makes you realise that you're mortal. Like, mm. and I mean, I don't mean to take away from another guest or to take away from you, but it's like, especially when it comes to someone passing, once they're gone, they're gone. Yeah. Um, and I, I've been, I wouldn't say fortunate, I have, I've lost my grandparents, but I didn't have a, a super close relationship. But um, one of the, I was actually talking to Pam about this the other day and she's like, what are you going to do when like, say your mum dies? I'm just gonna be like, I'm fucked. Yeah. I'm fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. It's, yeah. Uh, and like, you know, our parents are like, you know, you could argue it in our age bracket now. Yeah. Like they're, you know, you sit, you hear all the time, like you hear of people just here, like who's, who are younger than us. Yeah. When I hear like a 50 year old's past, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And like, um, yeah, like 
it's going to happen. Yeah. And no matter, like, what I can do to prepare myself and all that sort of shit to, like, soften the fall, it's not. And, like, and it, go, it comes back to, like, hearing people in this podcast that have had, like, like parents have passed or, like, um, there's one coming up that's I'm not going to give too much away now, but it's just someone passed and it's like, how the fuck do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. I'm not ready. Spaghetti. No. No. Red Rover. I call over, not <laughs> Mr. Moe, ready for this. No. Um, and okay, look, there, there goes being me being that, you know, it's a super negative, emo- it is a negative emotion sadness, but I'm trying to play that, you know, that lighthearted, like, I'm trying to cover it up. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I'm, yes, exactly, I wouldn't be speaking from experience either, but it's like, you know, I think, yeah, you can have that, try and put a positive spin on things and like think positively, but I think you just, like, there's just some, some things in life that it doesn't matter. No. Like, and the positives... The positives aren't thoughts. The positives is like where you are in life, mm. like the the experiences and the lessons that they're able to teach you. Yeah. So the possible, like the the positives are just things that you carry without reflecting on the fact that that's that's that is the positive of their existence. Yeah, is like their legacy within you. What they yeah, like they made you to be you. But when you're when they're not there, I just imagine that they, like there's no. There's no, at le- like, at least they were here. Like, yeah. you know, there's n- none of that silver lining. No. Um, not with people like that. Um, and, you know, but I'm only speaking hypothetically. I don't know. And I don't want to know Fucking anytime soon. Christ, shit, the bed on it. <laughs> the unfortunate no. thing is... Uh, it's going to happen. It is going to happen. And, you, see, you know, you're not ready. We're, like, we're never going to be ready. And no. we don't know if we're going to have to be ready Could this be t- week. Yeah, well, that's but, it. And that's, 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 and that's time. I, I think I've said this in a previous thing, but literally time, I've really learned the value of time. And like I've said before, even the richest person in the world can't, can't value time. So if you're listening right now, I would love it for you right now to just call your mum, call your dad, call your brother, call your sister, call anyone and just say, Hey, what's up? And just spend 10 minutes. I know that sounds again, super cliche and lame, but no, fuck. it's because I, I feel, um, you know, when my girls, like, because you know, they're kids, they're just playing, and I, I try and respect their boundaries. You know, they're humans. Mm. If they don't want to cuddle, I'm not just going to rip them in and go, get here and cuddle me, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. but internally, my stomach is twisting. Like, just give me a, like, yeah, I'm like a on, kid please. that wants a lolly. Yep. Just give me a cuddle. Yeah. Like, and then I just think, like, you know, my mum will message me and I will not reply. Yeah. You know, like, just, and not intentionally, but just... You know, she could be having that moment, that same stomach twisting moment of just like, I miss my kids. Yeah. And you're just like, fuck. Like, it makes you think, doesn't it? God, this has gone down the rabbit hole of... Like, yeah, again, you don't have to have kids to appreciate this, but having kids and knowing what, my, like, how much I love and like, value them and need them, you are that person to your parents. Yeah. Like, or, or your caregiver or, you know, the, the people that raised you. Yeah. For the, for the most part, and like, you need to respect that. And I find myself too, like, yeah. Sometimes I've, you know, my my mum's just broken her foot, and she's going for surgery to to get it fixed up. But like, you know, I've gone from calling her like once a week to calling her every day, mm. and I'm just like, why don't I just do this? Yeah, like, it's such a, and it goes, it go, I guess it goes back to that, you know, it takes three minutes. Yeah, it, and like, it, I know, like, because I know, because of her values, I know how much she would appreciate it. Mm. Like, if I was just calling out of the blue 
not and we make a joke like there was some bloody meme or something that went around and it was like the reasons you call your mum and it was all like every reason was like not to talk to your mum like it was like because yeah. like dad didn't answer his phone yeah, yeah. like to, you know to see what's for tea yeah. like yeah. Yeah. you know all this stuff and it was like I'm like this is 100% like this is I'll, you know and I'm like why don't I just call mum to call mum yeah like um, so yeah I, I endorse call your mum call your dad call, call any, brother sister call yeah, someone call you love anyone yeah just say what's up. Just have did, a chat. Just, just chats. Um, did you say she's going in for surgery this week? Yes. Okay. Now feel free to use this, and I mean, if it's inappropriate, please say break a leg when you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I've had uh, I've had many a joke at mum's yeah. expense over yeah. her current yeah. predicament. So, yeah. um, just again, just try and make her laugh off a pretty shitty situation. That's it. That's it. Um, but yeah, there's no shortage of jokes that I've been churning out. Good, good and bad. Good. That's what I want to hear. All right, man. What's the best compliment you've ever been given or that you've received? Um, well, actually, it was um, just last week. Harriet came up to me and just for no reason said, "You're the best dad ever." Yep. <laughs> and I don't believe that, <laughs> but you know, I'm at a point now where that's that is all I could strive to be. Yeah. Like everything else is just white noise, really. Um, again, I think she was just probably saying it because of some bluey set or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, but you know, that certainly, um, for me, would be the best compliment. Um, I would, I guess, like it's not a compliment I'm given, but one I would hope to receive, or like. No, I my problem is I joke too much. Yep. Like I try and turn too many situations into a bit of a laugh mm-hmm. at my expense, like self-deprecating, or um, or I'll take the like take the piss out of someone else. Yep. Like, and you know, and not always friendly. You know, banter, yep. banter can be you know can be brutal. Can be straight at the jugular. Yep. Um, and I probably wish that I replaced that energy with just just as as a friend that's there mm-hmm. and just helps out when help's needed. And I, I do try and do, you know, do that with actions, but I just sometimes, you know, so I guess that, you know, that would be the compliment that I hope to receive perhaps if I die or if I'm, you know, you know, down the track that I could just be someone that could be, you know, that, that helped out, that was valued. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because there's nothing, you know, there's, yeah, outside of, you know, outside of, you know, my kids hopefully respecting me. Some as people father. think you're alright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, it'd, be, it'd just be good to um, just know that. Yeah, at least people cared or not whether I showed up. Or, you know. Yeah. That I was at least memorable to that point that I was there. Have you ever had that? You know how there's always that question when you, oh, maybe not always, but there's like, um, who would you want to attend your funeral? Like, who do you reckon will attend your funeral? Do you reckon that's like you know you want to that's kind of, that's my aunt. You know, I think that's what I'm trying to say. It's yep. like, I think that would be, um, I mean, you know, things change over time. But, uh, so I guess you can re- only really <laughs> morbidly say, if I was to die today, mm. who would be there? Yeah. You know, and, you, and that would happen for every day of the rest of your life. Like, yeah. that would change because people come and go out of your life yep. and yep. things like that. But, I ultimately, yeah, I think that's the, you know, that's, the, that is the greatest compliment I'll receive. Yeah. If I live life how I, you know, with the intent that I hold. Yep. Got some actions to put into place to <laughs> stop stop taking 
the piss out of people. Yeah. Step one. What's an unpopular opinion that you believe? So many hard-hitting questions. It just chats. <laughs> an unpopular opinion that I believe. <sighs> What's been a... What have been some of the answers you've received? Um, we've received um, that definitely like in... Uh, one person said um, kids have to learn to lose um, and that participation awards and stuff like that isn't real. I wish I'd come up with that. Um, like, you know, you've got to learn adversity. You've got to overcome. Like, you've got to build resilience. And if everyone gets put equally but they've lost, that's not teaching them anything. Um, we've had... That's just the first one that comes to mind. Um yeah, it's basically my unpopular opinion. Yeah, what's yours? Stay tuned for just chats with me. Um, yeah. No, I don't. I I hold a lot of. I think my unpopular opinion is that I think that there are roles for boys and there are roles for girls, and I've. It's just I think it all comes back to what I've experienced, and the main one that I can really hone in on is my sister and her partner. Just what they've been through right now, and he's. He's the provider at the moment, um, and my sister, I think it also almost hits closer to home because it's my sister and I've grown up with her, mm. but she's, I wouldn't say the word is um, submitted, mm-hmm. but she's so understanding on how important this thing is for her husband to attain this goal mm-hmm. that she has sacrificed, like, for example, when he needed to sleep, um, there was like, he had this witch shift going with work yeah she completely removed herself from the house and came and stayed down here for a week so he could just focus on him yeah and she'll like cook this exact food that he needs like gets this exact gets everything that he needs to provide him for the best chance to succeed in this dream yeah um and like i like i just see her husband is like he's the provider for the family he's going to do whatever he can to have the best for his kids Mm -hmm. and jane understands that she needs to do this role as a female, like take care of her two kids um, and just, you know, like I think there are roles and I think the biggest problem I'm seeing is when people don't like those roles or they think that they can, you know, be the exception to the rule, that's what's brought all this unhappiness into the world mm. and it's almost starting like little little spot fires for no real reason other than... I don't know. And that's 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 what I think my unpopular opinion is that there are roles there are roles for a reason. Um and yeah, how do I how do I put it? Like don't feel bad to like I get some people don't want to fill the role fulfill the role, but there I think that I just think that there are roles that a male should play and that a female should play. And if you fulfil those roles, it seems that, especially when it comes to, from what I've seen, um, in my case is marriage, like my parents split, um, my brothers, their marriage split, and the only real one that's followed the roles, and I did uh, digger diggers here, like, you know, finger 6699s, <laughs> um, once they fit the roles, it works. 
Mm. And I get that comes back to experience and just what I've seen. And yeah, I just think that there are roles. And I, I guess the other thing I could take it from is my experience in traveling, like going over to Vietnam and Cambodia and like, you know, these third world countries, I've said this before in a previous episode, but the man goes and does this, the female stays at home. Um, and they're happy. They, they get it that it's, it's a, it's a survival, like cutthroat world. And, I guess comes back, you know, from from ancestors that the man hunts and and provides, and the female stays at home and takes care of the kids. And as shitty as people are when they say like, oh, "I can be this," oh, "I can be that," it's like, yeah, you can be that. But I don't think, I'm not going to say you're fit for that. But I think there's more happiness if you, I'm going to say, submit again in digger diggers, mm. um, to that role. Mm. That's my unpopular opinion. Yeah, I think there's a lot of. Um... You know, I think things have, yeah, society has evolved and, and the way that, you know, and humans have evolved and, you know, there's a lot of rules. Mm. You know, there, there are exceptions to the rule, mm. you know, and and when exceptions occur, you know, that either works or sometimes it doesn't, like mm. you just kind of said. Um, and I do think, yeah, and I don't know how unpopular it is, but I do think, yeah, that these differences, and especially, it, it, you know, it's coming to a head now, um, in terms of equality, and and yeah, who, who is fit for what, and what, you know, um, you know, and it crosses work, you know, work life, um, sport, you know, there's just so many, you know, discussions mm. um, around that. But I just, yeah, I, you know, I'd have to agree that there's just to be very broad and, mm. you know, some things are just the way they are. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and I guess that might be unpopular. It might not. I, I don't know what the, the community The consensus is. is. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, consensus yeah. is on that. But um, it's not to say that you can't, it's not to say that you can't be the exception, you know. Yeah. But just understand that the rule is, you know, the, there is a rule and um, there is um, data across whether it be years, decades, centuries, mm. um, at, across an entire evolution cycle that suggests yeah. that this is why that is the case. Um, so I guess it's like, you know, don't, um, you know, be fearless in trying to be the exception, but you, you need to understand that it's going it's, it's gonna to be a bumpy road. Oh, yeah. And that's where, you know, th- that will be the difference and whether or not the exception succeeds. Yep. Is, you know, what they're... What, yeah, and uh, it really also comes back down to what you know. There's barriers, mm. you know, and um, it really comes down to what you measure as being an unfair barrier, and just mm. what is just a, for lack of a better term, a fact of life. Yeah, uh, I'm going to add on to that, and I think you know if there is, it comes back to the advantage. If there is an advantage, use it. Like if 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 you mm. get a certain perk from being the sex that you are, go for it. Like. Don't not use it. You'd be stupid to not use it. So I just don't understand like when people, you know, they, they just because you get a ticket to the dance doesn't mean you're going to win first prize. And yep. and I get like, I understand hard work. I understand all of that. But at the end of the day, hard work doesn't guarantee you the result that you want. And I guess the perfect example, I'm going to bring it back to sport. Say, for example, we take... Um, who played in the grand final last year? Richmond and Geelong? Yeah. You can't tell me that Geelong didn't try hard. Mm. Second place. Yeah. Yeah. 
You're either first or you're last. Can't throw it well. I'm, mate, you are. I'm... It is black and white. And that's, and that, I guess that comes back to what my other guest said, that imagine if Geelong got a participation award. Hmm. It's it, Well, it's... You know, I guess psychology and like the study of humans is progressing mm. and understanding of emotions and whatnot. But there's so many things that I look back to in my childhood about how I was raised. Then I reflect on myself at this current point in time and mm. go, you know what? Like that worked like relatively level headed to like yeah, yeah. kind of on, on a track. Um, but now, you know, some of the, some of the things and I'm not specifically speaking to my parents, but just in general, like, you know, you can't do the, like, it's more of like a book of you can't do is it now mm. than like just letting, like, that's, that is the perception being put out there rather than just, you know, going, well, hang on, like, I, you know, I understand every generation, you know, every generation kind of learns from itself. Yeah. And, um, and that's why, unfortunately, we do get, you know, cycles perpetuated across generation. But, but you also, you know, that, that, that comment of, you know, you know, this is what my childhood was like and I'm not going to pass that on. Like, mm. that's a real thing. Like, people, people can learn and do learn and break the cycle. Mm. Um, but, you know, like, I, I remember playing junior sport and getting thumped, like, zero points to 100 every week. But when I got into, you know, when it was an adult playing, mm. I was, still had a competitive nature. Yeah. Like, I wanted to win just as bad as anyone. Yep. Like, um... You know, and when we when we would have success, I wanted to keep on winning. Yep. Like it didn't change because when I was like, from the age of twelve to sixteen, I couldn't get a win. Yep. Like, um, I'm not saying I'm anything special for that either. I just think that's the that is the way it is. Like, yeah, you want, like I think the only thing that I would say on that is you you probably just want to have some level of fairness so kids can develop. Yeah. Because if it's a sport, team sport, say, where they're not getting the ball in their hands, then they're not actually learning, like, in-game situations. That's true, yeah. Like that's, so that's the other side. But I don't think you need to um, pat, pat every kid on the back and give them a medal and Hungry Jack's free burger award. Mate, um, just let the free throws in the NBL. When they miss that two in a row, you get a free burger. So <laughs> yeah. just wait on that. <laughs> yeah. But, so, you know, I think, you know, I... I look at that, I look at my peers and go, look, I think for the most part, like we're all going all right. And mm. like, that was our experience. Mm. Um, I can understand like this new age of thinking, but I don't think all of it's right. And I think, I think it is a bit, some of it is a bit cotton wool. Like, yep. um, there are facts of life. And if you try and shelter the next generation from that, yep. then life's just going to get harder and harder. And, the, and like, Going back to what I said about the roles and stuff, look, that's completely my opinion. And yes, it's it could be unpopular. It could hit with you. But I think the another thing I've learned from this is literally everything that I think or do or believe is from what I've experienced. So if you haven't like, well, number one, you haven't experienced my sister and her partner. You haven't experienced my growing up with my mum and dad. You haven't experienced my brother. So I'm just... It's all like a, a big accumulation of what I've experienced, what I've witnessed, what works, what doesn't work, and then I've made my my judgment. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't align with you, fucking sick. I don't, I don't. Not that I don't care, but like that's just how I run. I think too, like this platform and like just chats and um, the guests you had. You know, like, there's, you know, no one's. This is 
this is just basically a, a one-on-one conversation yeah. that people, other people are privy to. And I think there'll be points, um, you know, perhaps by me, perhaps by other guests like, that get expressed that perhaps aren't um, as well thought out or spoken, you know, with, with the right intent. Um, but ultimately, and what I've taken from listening to the guests that I've listened to, like there's been things said that I'm like, nah, well, that's not for me. But it's not about... It's not about like this whole thing. This whole thing started, in your words, um, because you were judge like to stop judging a book by its cover, and yeah. you went up and just had a chat with a man. Yeah, and you heard his life story. Yeah, and um, and you know that's exactly like what, what like what this is is you, we're not being like you're not asking you or your guests to be judged. Like, mm-hmm. like, or you know, everything that's said within this time frame to be used against them. It, what, what is, tr- in my, what I perceive it to be, yeah, is you're just trying to spark thought, conversation, ideas, implement that in your own life mm. with your own experiences. Mm. Like this isn't, you it's know, not gospel. Yeah, it's not gospel. It's not. This isn't the answer show with Mo. <laughs> like, hey, hey, that's a. G- <laughs> where's my notes? Yeah. But like, um, you know, I, again, in this today's society, I could see how people. You know, and I really hope it doesn't happen to anyone, but someone could, like, in in this town, like, you know, we'll, we'll um, grab onto something that's said here and you mm. hold it against someone. Mm. And it's just like, no, this is just, like, this is just a chat. This is, like, this is people putting themselves outside their comfort zone mm. um, and trying to express themselves in perhaps a way that they've never done so before. Yeah. So I think, like, um, you know, and, you know, so pe- people, including yourself, like, there's apprehension, yeah, you know, perhaps you know. Perhaps sometimes people can be apologetic or almost justify their answer before they answer it, mm. and it's like, nah, like, and I've probably done it this whole time. But yeah. really, you just got to like speak, speak what's there, um, you know, with the, with the best of intent that you can, and and as honest as you can, and that's what it is. And I guess you know, like like I've said to you, the whole idea of this is like uh, the way I now envision this is like. You know, um, if you don't know, this is literally recorded in my car. So I'm in the driver's seat, guessing's in the passenger seat. I feel like the listeners are like, so we're driving to Adelaide as the happy family or whatever, and we're just having a chat, and you're in the back seat just, just listening. Because, you know, the back seat person never can really speak up because you can't hear them. But, and look, I mean, at the end of the day, you've literally got the power to just not listen. Mm. But... Yeah, I think, like, like I said, I've picked out some gems because it's just people that you're... Um, it's just relatable. It's relatable content. Gets you thinking. Like I said, I've gone out and bought a couple of these books, mm. or like just looked up a few of these concepts that have been talked about on here. And ultimately, I think that's what, like, yeah, you're just trying to break down that barrier of not judging people. Yep. Um, like just reserving judgment. Just like not even reserving judgment. Just like, why judge? Again, you're stepping outside your own front yard. Yeah. Like just, um, you know, if that per- if you don't think that person's got anything to bring to your life, then fine, just ignore it. Hundred percent. Um, so yeah. All right, man. Is there anything that you wanted me to ask you, but I didn't ask you? No, I think I probably to be quiet. Just can you stop? We have we have gone on for some time, but that's I'm I'm happy. I think this has been a like you hold the uh, I don't know if it's PR or WR for uh, longest episode thus far. Yes. Um, that's cool. Um, is there anything you want to ask me? I just want to know, um, I'm trying to think of something different that you haven't been asking. But, well, you know, I guess um, how like how have 
what's your perception been of how this has been received? Um, it's only still kind of new. Like, yep. So you obviously had this idea. Um, I'm sure you were had your inhibitions or, or whatnot, but if you could just kind of give us a kind of, what has it been, like a few weeks in? Like yeah, it's, like, on... it's, it's almost been a month now. Yeah, yeah. So I had no idea what was going to happen. I just honestly wanted to talk to people just because um, I wanted to talk to people. And from what I've I've had, it's it's blown my mind the response, some of the things I've said, like even just posting episodes or posting a quote or something online, the interaction I'm getting is unbelievable. Like, I've, I'm not going to name names, but when I was talking about um, not having a father figure in their life and the challenges that come with that, I've had some people, not just one, there's been a couple that have reached out to me and say, what do I need to do? Like, what, like you've been through it, your partner's been through it. What, what do you have to do to, like, you know, prepare for the worst? I can see signs, like, in, in all people that have reached out to me, I can see signs that stuff's, you know, the disrespect's starting to happen. Like, what can I do? And it's almost like change my hat to, like, the counsellor hat and say, from my experience, this is what I think you should do. Mm-hmm. And I've given my, like, I guess I've thrown my stone. Um, and they're just like, I'd like ask questions and say like, is this happening? What's happening here? Do they have this? And from there, I've like, I've given my response and it's like, I'm actually going to implement that now. So, okay, I'm not going to put on like the fucking, I'm changing lives sort of thing, but I'm helping. And I think that's such, the help I'm giving people just from this, and yes, it might be, I've helped a couple of people, but I feel so much more, what's the word? Pleasure from helping people with actual things that need help rather than helping kids learn at school. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I would like to start people. I did put up a poll the other day or like a question thing, like what do people want to see? And a lot of people want to see what my day looks like, um, what I eat, how I train, like, and all that sort of stuff. So I'll definitely start to do that just so people can see, you know, like I get up relatively early, like quarter past four, four thirty, and then I'll go, get to bed by about nine, nine thirty. Um, and just to document that, just to see what a what I do, I think would be kind of cool. I think the response from that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the intention was literally just to talk to people and just see. And the the best thing is that no one's maybe there've been like one or two questions that people have said the same answer, but mm. no one has said the same thing. Yeah. And that's so valuable. It's literally like I feel like I'm creating like this little arsenal or like toolkit of things that you can use or put into practice. And the best thing is that I've got it now forever. Mm. Like I can, I still go back and listen to episodes on walks. Like the other, the other day, I was listening back to Molly's. I'm like, mm. fuck, that was such a good chat. Yeah. And then um, this morning, I was listening to I guess I haven't released yet. I'm like, that was that bit there. That was so good. Yeah. Um. And so it's just like, yeah, just that's just that was I don't know. Is that good enough answer? <laughs> hey, it's your show, man. You can have... no, I, and I don't. Yeah, so I'll use examples of both Molly, who I don't know, I've never met, and yep. Jason, who I've met very briefly yep. at Elite Ups, like, yep. and and at the gym a couple of times. But you know, again, both those people, both local, um, and I can you know I can understand this might not be the podcast for everyone, yeah, because there is a lot of cliche and like um, it's a lot of you know quotes and mm, mm. it's very hashtag inspo yes um but i think what it shows is like you're talking to people for the most part like i know the episodes are going to vary based on the guests and their experiences but there's people out there like with a growth mindset yeah and like that's ultimately like, i think 
you know, th- that's kind of catching. Yeah. You know, it has been for me. Just listening to people, I'm like, look, I need to work on a few things. Yep. Um, because I've just stagnated a bit. Yep. So regardless of like whether you actually take specific examples or phrases or words or whether it just makes you go, like it makes you look into, like internalize for a little bit and go, what can I be doing? Like mm. I think just encouraging a growth mindset, like that's just such a big leap forward. And I think it goes to like, there's a reason like why all these people are doing so good and they have success and they're kicking ass in their field. It's because, you know, they've got, all of them have got a growth mindset. Everyone I've interviewed on the most part, well, yeah, everyone I've interviewed has done something that's made them grow. Mm. Um, so it's not just coincidence. It's If you put these things into practice, if you have this mindset, if you think of life like this, the benefits will come. Mm-hmm. And it might not be like, a, like a, a, the phrase I like to coin is the microwave generation. Mm-hmm. Um, things don't happen just... Uh, like yes they, again things might happen very quickly that's the exception to the rule but on the most part speaking in um, general terms it takes time and that's the consistency the consistency is key consistency compounds but do the work and you will reap the rewards and the proof is the people that I've talked to yep alright almost done man can you believe it <laughs> marathon <laughs> um, if there was a billboard that had your name signed at the bottom of it, what would it say on that billboard? So what's the best tip that you know? The best tip I know? Fuck. I feel like we've said so many slogans <laughs> and there's so much crap. Um, what do I know? You know, I, I can't put it eloquently, but it, it really is just to... Don't, don't get caught up in drama. Mm. Like... Um, you know, a more kind of common phrase might be don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it, yeah. but it really, it, to me, it's, you know, to me, it's that. Yep. All right, man. If someone's listening, someone made it this far. Yeah, oh, no good, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you could crack this one on the Adelaide. You might get the bloody, I don't even know, Tintinara or something. Anyway, um, what's the number one takeaway that you want someone listening to the show to absorb? What do you just, if there's one message or one thing that you could, that listener gets from this, what do you want that to be? It is just, I'll use the front yard analogy. Yep. Just focus on your own front yard. Don't worry about what's happening elsewhere. Yep. Um, yeah. So many messages you can put around that. You know, plenty of pie for everyone. Plenty <laughs> of pie. about pie. Yeah. But I think that's just, you know, like I said, there's just so many good things I see and so many like people in town and uh, this region that are just smashing it. And the only thing that I can see bringing them unhinged, aside from some bad accounting or something in the back back end, mm. you know, is just getting caught up in what someone else is doing. Yep. yep. So because that's just going to burn out the passion. So um, burn out the passion or manifest itself in a, a big negative blow up, and you don't have a choice about what goes on after that. So yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, that's not just business. It's with with yourself. Yeah. With your interactions with people, just focus on yourself and stay in your lane. Contact Mo if you want to have a just chat. Cause... Contact me for a chat. All right, man, that's it. Done and dusted. Whoa, we got there. <sighs> All right, guys. So if you have taken anything out of the show, there's I can guarantee there's some absolute gems in here. Or if you want to chat about it with me, like some of the things that we've discussed, if you want me to go over some things or why I think or why I believe what I do. Um, so far, sending this message at the end of the show has worked really well. So just send me a DM. Um, I'm more than happy to have a chat. 
Also, if you'd like to be on the show, um, I have had some people um, contact me that want to be on the show, so I've approached them and we've, we're working it out. Uh, or if you want to nominate someone that you'd like to hear their story, I'll, I'll do my best to try and get them on to the show. Um, but other than that, Brett, done and dusted. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks if you're still listening. Uh, and that's, that's a wrap.